Welcome everyone to Comics from the Multiverse episode 295. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's up? And Connor is also here. Just about. Yes. Uh, and I will just start this show by saying that I have dun 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 in my head. And it'll probably be in my head now for weeks. <sighs> because the every Batman, time it gets stuck in my head yeah. then it becomes the imperial march so it, it helps i don't have that problem and i'm happy i don't have that problem uh this is a dc comics podcast we get together we've talked about the books we read this week and coming up on this week's show we have detective comics 1055 the it's not the batman sorry it's the movie's fault batman one two one Dark Knights of Steel issue 5, Justice League Incarnate issue 5, Batman Killing Time issue 1, Monkey Prince issue 2, Arkham City Order of the World issue 6, Nice House in the Lake issue 7, and I have a couple of Patreon books that I'm catching up from last month, so I'll be talking about American Vampire 23 and Animal Man 17, so look forward to all that jazz. So yeah, I'm really glad I didn't do a Patreon book now. <laughs> yeah, I told you it was a decent list of books. Yeah, but I, I didn't realize there was that many. Uh, well, there you go. We've got four Batman books to do. Settle in. <laughs> so it's, a lot of Batman. It's Backcountry this week, apparently. Yeah. Uh, since there's, there's a new movie out, so I guess... Now I need to go listen to Avenged Sevenfold. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? I don't get it. What? Backcountry. Is that a song? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, it's also from... Uh... Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I've ne never seen that. Song. So. Gotcha. I've never seen that movie. I've never listened to an Avenged Seven so Sevenfold song. What? That's sort of surprising. They're kind of yeah. your sort of they're... thing. I think that... Yeah. I think the small snippets I've heard, they sound like, yes, they're kind of in the wheelhouse of the sort of music that I, I like, but they're just... They're, they're kind of with... Uh, I don't know. What was that other band that I like? Bullet from a Valentine. <laughs> Like, I feel like I set them uh, over I mean, maybe the corner. early stuff. But yeah. Like, um, anything after, like, their second or third album is... Yeah, City of Evil really. might be much more your jam. I've, I've not... Which is where Bat like, Country comes from. Nightmare, I think it, it dig. Yeah. I, I've probably not heard anything... The snippets I've heard of them was on Music Channels when I watched Music Channels, which has been at least 15 years at this point. There's so... no such thing as Music <laughs> Channels anymore. Yeah. Is They're all just... reality TV channels now. Oh, okay. Yeah. They don't... I can't tell you the last time MTV the, played a music video. Well, yeah, but... It's the, just ridiculous. I mean, MTV's not been a music channel in a long time, but there, there used yeah. to be, like, 20 music channels that were all, like, phone in to pick the next song. What? Channels. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I hear... No, no, that, yeah. that's really... Are they still a thing? I assume they're still a I thing. I don't think so. But they are. They just don't exist. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe, but... Do you know what, you know what I think might have killed them? And this is going to sound really weird, but I legitimately think might have killed them. Adding radio stations to TV networks. Uh, in, in terms of, like, like if, you, if in the UK, your free view is the standard things now. And YouTube. All the, YouTube probably completely murdered them as well. Right, but even before that was added to TV, even, like, for the older audience who just, right, you mm. know, like, oh, no, I'm using the TV, all the core digital radio stations are just channels in the high end of the TV numbers now. So you don't need a music station. You don't need music. TV stations because it's just like, well, here's just your radio. To be fair, it was like that back then too. I don't, I remember my cable back but, then having them all as well. 
Yeah, but they're not. It wasn't just. It's not just cable now. It's everyone has them. I suppose. Oh yeah, the preview and all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> That's a weird tangent started. Uh, it was. But... Yeah. So two two of us have seen the Batman. Right. The Batman yes. came out officially yesterday. I'll, I'll say in about six months. Six? Probably. Why six? Why not? Probably going to be available in like three. I would get it. It'll, it'll be available in like in like six weeks, probably. But I'm probably <laughs> going to see it for like six months. I just I'll be like, oh cool, that's oh. there, and then I won't get around to it for ages. This, this, this is, is what the... I do with pretty much every every superhero movie now. This this is the most packed the theater I've been to has been since Spider Man. So you know, um, how many things have know. you seen since Spider Man? A lot. Magla's probably too often. <laughs> yeah. But usually it's empty. Like, when we saw Jackass, it wasn't a lot of people. That fills me with some hope for the world, honestly, that it was empty <laughs> when you went to see Jackass. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, Jackass isn't really a movie you need to see on the big screen, unless unless you're me. Um, it's really but I've, I've seen all the other ones. It's, it's not a movie you see, period, for anyone. Uh, I don't know. Mark Watch me down. Stupid people. <laughs> Watching stupid people get hurt is still fun. I don't care. Uh, especially when it's self-inflicted. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, I can't off the top of my head. I'm very tired. Uh, turns out when you drink a cold brew before the, the Batman, it messes with your sleep patterns. Um, so yeah, and we had a terrible windstorm here. Felt like my house was being picked up and taken to Oz mm. at 5 a.m. So I didn't get much sleep. Yeah, so uh, uh, I do plan on recording some sort of like in-depth... Uh, review on the Batman on my own at some point uh, early next week, but uh, uh, the, the short version, obviously with no spoilers for anyone, because I assume a lot of you have not seen it <sighs> yet, is that it's very bloody good, and probably the most positive I felt coming out of a superhero movie in years. So, uh, take that for what you will. Yeah, I, I mostly agree. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm, I mean, I tend to like the Marvel films more than Pete. I like Birds of Prey a lot, so I'm, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, but like this, <laughs> without That's getting into spoilers, this is definitely Matt Reeves. You can tell definitely did his homework. This feels like no, I know, but this like Birds of Prey was definitely its Better. own thing. Yeah, <laughs> like this just felt like if they like if they said this was based off of a certain comic. I would have believed it because it just, it feels like a specific Batman run, even though it's pulling from a couple. Um, yeah, it's so pulling from a lot of things, but it, uh, but it feels very coherent. It feels very Batman. It's probably the most comic. Like, it feels like the most comic book of of the Batman movies. Whereas like Nolan's were kind of like, yeah, like these are based on comics, but we're doing like kind grounded and gritty. Matt Reeves is like no. These are based on comic books, and well, I, I, I think it depends on how you look at. It. I think you could argue this is more grounded than Nolan's films in a lot of ways. Yeah, but I don't know. I just felt like the way this is shot. This is exactly it, why I muted the Batman on Twitter. Yeah, I'm just saying. I felt like the way this was shot, it definitely much more feels much more episodic than Nolan stuff, where Nolan seemed like big and grand, and each chapter of this felt to me like an issue. In a comic. It's, I mean, they're going for different things, which is why yeah. the, the comparison is not not invalid, but it's just, I'm just... Well, a, I'm just I, going I, off of the last time I enjoyed a movie with Batman in it. I can't was, be... Uh, was Nolan. 
Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, you know, the, the, the first 10 minutes, there's, like, narration that sounds like it's right mm-hmm. outside of a Batman, mm-hmm. or out of a Batman comic, and it yeah. feels very comic booky in that sense, but it, mm-hmm. uh, there's definitely some ways it's less grounded, but there's other ways where it's more grounded. Mm-hmm. It's definitely smaller yeah. in scope, it's not going for the entire city as, yeah. like, being held hostage by this one madman the if, entire time kind of thing. It's not doing thing. that. If you read The Imposter, it's very much the same vibe. Yeah, kind of similar uh, tone. And I'm always... So, yeah. So if you like that, uh, and you're on the fence whatsoever, like, pretty sure if you're listening to us, you're you're probably have already seen it by the time you listen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's... But... You know, it, it's funny, because I... I, uh, I was talking to Tim, actually, about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much about the movie itself, but about the fact that Batman's in this place that... It's almost impossible for a Batman movie to not be a huge success now, right? Batman has sort of mm-hmm. reached this... People this, are just going to see it. This, this like, level of, mm-hmm. you know, stature amongst all the superheroes. He's he's the most popular. And it wasn't always like that, though. This is the thing. People, no. when Batman Begins came out, uh, that movie only did okay. And it took them a while to even greenlight The Dark Knight. <laughs> and obviously yeah. that seems like nuts to think about now. But it it, it was this this time span before they, they, they did that. And... So in a lot of ways, that trilogy did kind of like turn Batman into the juggernaut that he is in terms of popularity again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's just yeah. interesting now that you know I, I said I've said a few times on I don't know if it was this show or on reviews or something else, but we kind of have to look at you know new sets of Batman movies and all superhero movies to an extent. But Batman is kind of already went through a couple of phases of this, which is. When a new director gets a hold of them, it's like you know, it's like a new creator getting a new run on the comic, and yeah. some of the like, there's obviously themes and ideas that are in both Nolan's trilogy and this new film, but then there's some other things that this film focuses on instead uh, that it wants to delve into. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say again, no spoilers. I will say there's one scene towards the end I did not like. Uh, you can hear me talk about that sometime next week, but uh, yeah. I, I, I am happy. I, I did threat that if two things happened, I would walk out, and neither of those two things happened. So, I wasn't forced to walk out. Um, I mean, that's a positive review if I ever heard one. I was not yeah. forced to walk out. As, uh, as my brother, he's like, you're not going to leave. I was like, bro, if these two things happen, I'm out. I, I will go hang out in the arcade at the theater. Alright? Um, I'm glad they didn't call my bluff, because I didn't have any mm. money. Uh, there's actually there's a moment in the middle of the movie where I was really worried about something they were about to do, and mm-hmm. then it kind of played it exactly the way I would have wanted them to play it, and I was like, okay, Matt Reeves, I I felt heard. Yeah, I felt, of trust. I felt like he heard me in that moment. Yeah, worried. Yeah, I mean, but what he was about to do. Yeah, he's he's pretty good at what he does. Uh, that Matt Reeves. But yeah, I mean, this is easily the best DC movie since Nolan's films, and comparing it yeah. to Nolan's films is kind of a hard task. Like, where does it rank next to that? Some people feel very strongly one way or the other, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, I think they both have I don't, exceptional I don't feel amount like of merit. He, like, I, yeah, I know I came out talking about, you know, comparing them and stuff, but they can both coexist. Like you said, they're both, like, different runs, like, from, from a different creator. So it's like Morrison's run is very different than, you know, King's run. And if you like both of them, great. But if you like one more than the other, that's understandable. I just, I, you know, this doesn't, it's like my brother, as soon as he left, was like, oh, this is the best Batman movie ever. And I was like, all right, I feel like you're just hyped up after seeing a movie. Yeah. Like, that's okay. But, you know, think think about it. 
So, no, but but yes, it yeah. was. But uh, I think it's the best DC movie since then. I, I would probably rank it higher than most Marvel movies. Uh, so the vast majority of them. It's and part of that's out of taste, but part of it also just feels like it really feels like a director's movie in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was kind of surprised actually how uh, unstudio movie it felt, which is impressive given that it's a character like Batman who's going to have yeah. sequels. There's already two TV spinoffs announced for it. Like it is part of a franchise. It is part of that machine, mm-hmm. but. It doesn't feel like that when you're watching it. Not going into the details, I'm very, I like, I'm, I want to watch both of them, but I'm much more excited for one more than the other after seeing the movie. I've got um, a funny feeling you're excited for uh, Cobblepot's uh, <laughs> show. Oh, <laughs> uh, he was great. Uh, here's a question. At any point in that film, could you, I mean, you knew it was, but could you tell it was Colin Farrell under that makeup? <laughs> I couldn't. Not physically, but some of his voice patterns, mm. you'd hear certain colin farrell bits but no you you lose it yeah in, i cannot like, tell at all yeah it was yeah, he's so he's so over the top like it fits so well compared to the rest of the movie yeah you know, like obviously it shouldn't work but it does i, I got excited and because uh, i wasn't actually even planning to see the movie as quickly as i did the reviews were just so good that i just i got excited and i had to go um as of right now, I don't feel that I think I'm that compelled to see any of the other DC movies that are coming out this year in the theaters. Like, I can wait for all of them. Uh, I, I'm going to be there for Black Adam, for sure. Um, but Maybe if the trailer's wow me or something, or it gets really good buzz, but uh, like, I'm going to get... Sheer, sheer curiosity for Flash, just because he's not even the star of his own titled movie. Um, Morbid curiosity is maybe the way I'd phrase that. Yeah, um, and and then Aquaman is like, eh, it's Aquaman. Um, the first movie was kind of lame, but you know. yeah, like overstuffed, and but I do like Momoa's vibe. It's not typical Aquaman, but you know, we'll see. Uh, I, I still have no idea what it's actually about. Um, but you know, out of those, Shazam, I'll definitely. But I'm a mark for the Rock. I mean, I wouldn't saw his. I wouldn't saw Rampage. And I went and saw uh, Skyscraper. So I've done far worse than Shazam. You paid Shazam, to go see Skyscraper. I did! <laughs> I watched that for free in whatever service it was on and I still yeah. feel ripped oh, off. Oh, yes. I'm not proud of myself. <laughs> but I went. Uh, just like I went and saw The Meg. Not proud of myself. But sometimes you just have to go see the giant monster or the big stupid action flick in the theater on the biggest screen possible. Uh, I also paid to see Everest and IMAX, so don't don't trust my money handling skills. Yes, well, to just to uh, wrap this up, I highly recommend seeing the Batman. It's very good. Uh, yes. Very, very good. So, yes. All right. Well, not to worry. There's always time for the opening top ten. Don't don't you don't you think that? Uh... Oh, that's the opening top ten now. <laughs> well, I can't call it the Comet Soldier top ten anymore. Nope. <laughs> they've taken that away from me uh, we're just going to do what we did last week uh, look at League of Comic Book Geeks uh, pull list rankings order uh, seems like the the, the the most like used in terms of data that we can access So, yeah I think until Amazon they have said they're updating the publishers section mm-hmm. in, a, in a statement that should fix it I, I guess once that's up and running it, it looks like it's again 
at a glance, I'm. It looks like it's probably in order of sales. Just right now, it's limited in its mm. publishers, but it's probably probably the, the next best thing once that is actually using the right data. We'll see. We'll see if that 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 happens, but. Uh... In the time being, we're looking at the books that have been pulled on LeoComicGeeks.com, ranked in number of pulls, uh, all publishers, of course. But anyone care to guess what number one is? No. I'm, I'm going to guess it's Batman. It is Batman, one, two, one. See? Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Um, number two, anyone care to guess? Number two? Is it a DC book? It is, yes. Is it more uh, Batman? Kind of. The only kind of Batman is Dark Knights of Steel. Well, no, I yeah. mean, right now it's kind of Batman. There was no Batman in Detective Comics. <laughs> I mean, I'd still say that's Batman, but it's a Batman book. Overall. It is a Batman book usually, but this arc's not a Batman book, so <laughs> that's why I say kind of. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, number three is Amazing Spider-Man, issue 91. Number four is Moon Knight, issue 9. And number five is Justice League 73. <laughs> so, wow. So, someone's, someone's still reading that. Actually, they might not be Matt, reading you're that. you're still buying it. Yeah, Matt did admit before the show that he's still buying this book and not reading it because he doesn't want a gap between whatever issue he stopped reading that and 75, which is Death of Justice League, so... Yep. And also the final so he's buying like six issues to buy literally one issue of this series. He is part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah, but like, what if my shop gave me a discount? <laughs> do they? And, uh sometimes. So I mean if I do get twenty percent off. So 20%. if I spent enough, twenty percent of you know what would be that five dollars, it's like I'm getting one for free. So on, on in terms of discounts, my shop started a thing recently where they take some of the most popular books, basically the ones they can make a loss on, and like you know, but they'll sell so many copies it's worth it, mm-hmm. and lowered the price on them. So like Batman is now two pounds ninety nine, which is cheap. Like on on Amazon slash Comicsology, mm-hmm. that's three ninety nine to buy. God damn it, so expensive. But they're getting the four ninety nine book right in dollars, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I'm assuming that their idea is, well, get people in to come and buy the cheap copies of Batman and they might buy some other stuff. But right. also, for me, I, I'm not I'm not mad at it. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll have some cheaper books. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, okay. Uh, number six is X-Men issue nine. Number seven is Dark Knights of Steel issue five. Number eight is Fantastic Four issue 41. Number nine is Nice House in the Lake issue seven. So that's uh, mm-hmm. pretty high up there. Uh, and then number 10 is Star Wars The High Republic issue 15. So that is the top 10 based on the pull lists on there. Uh, as for all the DC books, um, the teens are mostly actually Marvel stuff uh, by and large. Uh, Batman Killing Time does squeak out of the top 20 by the looks of it. And then whatever DC books are left over are in the, the 20s. So, uh, but, you know, I mean, top 10 was pretty DC hit, but at least half of it was DC, so... Uh, not a bad showing for their bigger books by any means. Uh, I, in fact, I think Darkness has still been in the top 10, kind of shows how, how much of a cred Taylor fair, has though, now. That is a Tom Taylor book, and they all tend to make the top 10. Well, that's what I was just saying. It's just a, it's yeah. just a, it's a sign of his uh, stature now as a writer. Uh, 
<laughs> so, yeah. Uh, is C3 going to sweep every week? C3's. They started to start. It's D3'd. The threes at the, the, the last three, because there's there's the there's still the EA first, isn't there? So how do you pronounce the title of the movie Seven? Set Seven Then. Set Set Seven Then. Seven Then. Oh dear. Uh, <laughs> there you go. That's the, that's the, the, the top ten. <sighs> what a week. This was a hell of a week. Yeah. Um, do you know, Lois and Clark, I think, came back. That's not Lois and Clark, sorry. Lois and Superman. Superman and Lois. Mm-hmm. That's what the show's called. I think that came yep. back this week. Uh, and the reason why I bring it up is I thought I was like five episodes behind, but it turned out it took a break at, like the, after the first one that I didn't watch. So I'm actually only like two behind, but I'm still not feeling that compelled to catch up. Yeah, I think you should catch up. Suffer. Nah, I don't think I will. No, I don't like hearing that. I've I've got more interesting shows to watch right now. The uh, Severance and Apple is a really good little mystery sci-fi show that's uh intriguing. Mm. I'm just watching shitloads of old Doctor Who. Like a lot. Um, I'm on the final season of the third Doctor. I hate so much about what you choose to be. Oh, but it's so good. Even, <laughs> even when it's not, it's so good. I just, uh, I just watched the the, the first uh, first episode. Of this the first story of this season. It's got the first uh, Sarah Jane Smith. It was the, start, the first on Tyrants. It's so good. That was the it. most Michael and Toby I've ever seen too. <laughs> <laughs> that's like when Michael's like and Toby's divorced so he's not even really part of his own family that was the same tone <laughs> Pete took with I hate everything you choose to be that's a t-shirt with Connor's face on it <laughs> I hate everything you choose to be uh. Uh, being into classic Doctor Who is like I don't know like one rung above like being an anime fan <laughs> hey I'll watch some anime I've been catching on Attack on Titan. Oh, man. I mean, oh, I'm yeah, still man. like a season and a half, two seasons behind, but I'm getting there. Yeah. All, we need, all, yeah. all we need is BBC to team up with Crunchyroll for the first ever Doctor Who anime, just to give Connor. Uh, <laughs> Do the animated reconstructions Lewis. of the uh, the lost episodes count? Because I've watched all those. Oh, was Jesus. that a Japanese studio who made them? No, it was, uh, I think it was actually Big Finish, which is the, usually the... Uh, we do the audio dramas, Doctor mm. Who, and, and, and other things as well, but primarily they're known for Doctor Who. Um, okay, I don't know who I saw on Twitter saying this, but they said that they wish that Superman and Lois was a half hour instead of a full hour. I was talking to Superman, I saw him say that. Okay. Um, which doesn't make me want to finish the first season, because I haven't gone back in The first season was good. Yeah. Honestly, I, I, I disagree with that, that sentiment because to me, fixing the problems in the writing is not just cutting out all the stuff that's not working and just leaving what's yeah. left. That's not, that's not how you fix it. I mean, yeah. it would fix things though, right? It would leave it feeling quite anemic. But better. Uh, yeah. That's not how you fix it. That's not how you, 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 you write better. You don't, you don't just... <laughs> look. Yeah, so... But it, it's, 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 it's called editing. It's not working. Cut it out. Leave the, leave the good stuff. Nice, n- nice and lean. Mm, okay. 
thought about watching Fringe because I've never seen it. Oh, it's good, but I just watch Fringe. Yeah, but then I see 20 episode seasons and it's hard. Yeah, I watched the first season and it was fine. And I know, yeah. I know Peter Fudge jump in is like, oh, but the second season is where it actually starts. And, yeah. and I know that, but it was fine. Don't listen to Connor. Like, no. I'm sure it's good. I, I heard nothing but good things from all my friends. I just, it's a commitment, right? Like, that's. Five five seasons. They're all about twenty episodes. I mean, five, five shorter, but yeah, the the first four yeah. are all twenty two. Yes. Yeah, and I'm sat here with another three hundred and eighty odd episodes of Doctor Who to go. Yeah, so you shut your mouth. You're allowed to say uh, they're mostly twenty minute episodes. Twenty five. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like it's like a commitment until you're into it, and then all of a sudden you're happy. You've got something you're excited to watch the next episode of, and then when it's over, yeah. you feel like your life's empty because you've you've that's finished the you, thing you cared about. That's what I need. It's like. Watching movies this week, I did get excited to watch West Side Story, but then, like, I would get bored, and then the, the camera work would bring me back in, you know? Um, I do but, like, having that. movies. Good things. It's, it's, so, I'm not a big musical guy. Like, despite that I do like La La Land and, and certain other ones, this type of music just not for me. However, the camera work, it's like Spielberg is reminding people that he doesn't make just you know, from from Lincoln on to this, you know, none of his best work. Um, I think it's all perfectly, you know, passable. But West Side Story, he was him and him and uh, Kaminsky are like he's been wanting to make this for years though, hasn't he? So yeah, it's not so surprising. He, he has a point of view when it comes to the story, um, and just the camera work and the choreography and everything just works. I just wish I cared about the story more. Um, so I mean, know, which, it's, it's it's basically just Romeo and Juliet, isn't it? Yeah, honest, and but... right, and like it gets very melodramatic, which you can't help because mm-hmm. it, it's very close to the source material, from what I understand. But like, Ashley loved it. Um, I'm expecting to love it. It's been a long time yeah. since I've watched the, the original one, but I do like it a lot from so, from memory at least. But like knowing that I have stuff to watch is very exciting because for a long time it's just been. You know, like, oh, what am I going to watch? I'll find something, you know, and I keep no, putting off Power of Dog. Yeah, right. But, you know, I keep, pushing off, yeah, I keep pushing off Power of the Dog. Like, I know I should watch it. It's up for all of those. But I just hear it's a very quiet, long movie. Oh, Every man. movie this last year has been quiet and long. Yeah, done Batman's like three hours. Uh, yeah, uh, but it's, it's not quiet. No, that's fair, but like, and 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 I and I'm not even saying that that's necessarily a bad thing because I've seen, like, Dune's like two hours forty five. Mm-hmm. The the last Bond film was like that as well, and oh, I like both of those movies a lot. So yeah, you know, I'm not saying that it's inherently a bad thing, but it it feels like every right. big movie lately is. It's, it's becoming a trend. I mean, the thing with Batman is that. It does kind of neatly feel like it is like this. Like you can almost like break it down into like a six issue miniseries, yeah. and this, this is like the six yeah. chunks of it. So that's why it's so like, long because it plays it that way. Like you, you can feel the length of it, but it you're not bothered by it because you're enjoying what you're seeing. Sure. Um, it wasn't a you know critique of the Batman but like specifically. Two two hours thirty six of West Side Story, even at home, where I put my phone across the room just so I could pay attention. Um, like I felt every single one of those uh, minutes. That's a lot of long just, films right now. That's just my taste, though. It it you know, 
Um, we, we are only a few years away from the return of the like everything being 90 minutes. It's it's going to swing back around. I hope so, as I do like a nice short little giant. Uh, Encanto was was a nice, you know, 100, 104 minutes, you know, you didn't get out. So... I mean, I, I don't just, want things that should be longer to be shortened, but at the same time, there are too many things that are too long. So basically, uh, there's, there, a, there's I'm, I'm a balance. I'm not saying that everything should be long or should be short. I'm just saying the, well, these things come in cycles, right? We're, we're well, yeah, but, right well, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is that'll still be bad, though. Everything swinging right, back well, to 80 minutes is bad for certain movies. It is, it is but also... It, it, is, it is as bad on a creative level, but on a... On a personal level, I'd rather watch ninety minutes of a of a bad movie than three hours of a that's, mediocre movie. That's true. Um, no, but that's I, I remember Pete talking about this back when we did the film podcast when, like, all the big mergers are happening and it was just like less space for more filmmakers to make things and it's definitely feel like feeling like that now, you know. Um, and it's like I'm glad that that Bill Neve gets to make Dune, even though I'm not interested in it. And if he wants to make it three hours, cool. But, you know, what else is there to counter-program that? There's not a lot, you know? Well, I will say this. I, I've actually, I'm feeling more optimistic this week about movies, like bigger movies than I have, or I shouldn't say bigger. That's not necessarily the right word. But the Studio tentpole movies. Well, not even tentpole movies, because, like, t there was two pieces of news. Or, well, there was one piece of news this week, but I'm going to relate it to something else. And then... Tie that with seeing the Batman is that I've not been excited for big studio movies really for a while. There's the odd one that's been alright, but I wasn't even in love with Dune, right? I wasn't in love with the other things that came out last year. It's been a few years since I've been really excited for a big one, and I really like the Batman. And ultimately, it you know it boils down to I like that director. He made a good movie. I like him. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. And. I'm excited for the next Predator movie because it's this new take from the director of 10 Chlorophyll Lane. It's, you know, Dan mm -hmm. Trachtenberg. It's called Prey and it's set in the past and the poster looks really cool and it looks like a sort of interesting take on the idea. And one of the things that I've always said is that you like, stop ruining Alien. And just yesterday, this <laughs> weird news broke that, um, what's his face from, Freddy Alvarez from the Evil Dead 2013 movie is doing an Alien movie and this is the best part. That is not connected to the previous films, which is the best news about the whole thing. Okay, but is it Albert? Is he just producing or is he directing? Well, he's directing. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I, I, nah, I wouldn't be telling you about this if he wasn't directing. Well, I, I misunderstood what you're saying then, because he also produced Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and um, which was yeah. a great slasher movie. So shut up. <laughs> it was fine. It. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the it's like the third or fourth best movie in that franchise, and it's not a good yeah, movie. Yeah, that's not saying a lot. No, I know it's not saying like, a lot, but yeah. but as a slasher sequel, the kills were great, the gore was great, everything else kind of sucked, but that's okay. It was eighty five minutes. Yeah, I love the carnage. Yeah, it's <laughs> all the you need. scene was pretty cool, but it's all I you just... need. Well, I don't know if you wanted more than that out of that movie, then it's your expectations that are at fault. No, I I just didn't. I yeah. It's I maybe it's still like Texas Chainsaw. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. It's not as good um, as Texas Chainsaw Twenty Thirteen, which is funnier no. and more silly. But yeah, and that's maybe I wanted to be more more silly and less just straight brutal. You know, it's not. Really yeah, but this is the thing. Go back and watch the two thousand three remake. 
that movie is like mind-numbingly like taking itself seriously the new one I watched... th- this this new one does not take itself yeah. that seriously no 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 this this is the second best texas chainsaw movie i've seen <laughs> we'll, we'll put third well barely more than the original i don't know um i'm not big on the original but yeah i know i, I did watch texas chainsaw at the beginning um hey, 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 a couple hey, weeks ago anyway the, the point i was yeah. getting to is that all, what this, what these all have in common? Because I was sick of seeing Predator ruined. I was sick of seeing Alien mm-hmm. ruined. And while I'd still rather have new things, the reason why I'm mostly feeling good about all this news and things coming out is because it's all directors that I think make good movies. As you know, I'm I'm yeah. a director focused person first, rather than a property person first at this point, uh, which is yeah. generally speaking a healthier and more um, consistent thing to care about. Uh, same, was, the same was, with comic books. So you like the writers you like, like the artists you like. Right. Was Trachtenberg's last movie Ten Cloverfield Lane? I think so. Yeah, he's not made. A What's bunch. he been working on since? I think he does the odd TV episode. I think. Ah, uh, okay, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, he only has two movies. Yeah, that's that's. Oh well, he did the boys, in an episode. He did some. Oh, he did the Black Mirror episode. I like play a test. Yeah, so he he does uh. He does some yeah. TV episodes, but... But, you yeah, know, uh, our, our friend uh, Dan keeps sharing that poster for Prey, and it's like, yeah, okay, this is coming. This is good. So... It, just, it just looks like a fun idea, to, a fun take on the, the property. Something different. Um, it doesn't feel like... It, you know, if, if, if there's one thing that I would need Hollywood to get over, it's the nostalgia right now mm. because they're obsessed with freaking nostalgia um remember how great the first movie was that's all this movie's about is how great the first one was mm-hmm. and it's not even necessarily that they're terrible but i'm looking at you ghostbusters yeah. afterlife i'm looking at you i but you know what? i enjoyed ghostbusters afterlife for what it was it wasn't like the best but i've certainly seen way worse uh of that type of stuff like the only thing that made me cringe in that one was the mini pubs because they just didn't need to be there. It's not, so. it's, I'm not saying it's the worst thing ever. You, like, don't, don't take it that way. I'm just saying that it doesn't need to exist. Like, it exists. It doesn't have a purpose on its own. It only exists to say, remember how good the first one was. It doesn't have anything on its own to say. Uh, and there's too many movies like that these days. So, the more we can move away from that, the better. Um, you know? And to bring it back around to the Batman, that movie has something to say. There's a character arc. There's a statement. You, you feel there's a message by the end that it's trying to get across. Um, and I won't say what it is because that'd be getting too serious no. spoiler territory. But no. it's a very no. effective message, and it's one that resonated with me, and I felt something mm-hmm. at the end. So mm-hmm. you know that 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 means more to me than a lot of quips or like a bunch of Easter eggs. I. I will whatever. say this, and not that they're not that they're that um, similar because they're they're not at all. They're doing different things, but like the amount of praise that I saw for the Batman versus Spider Man No Way Home, I, I looked at a lot of the praise for No Way Home, and I was going like, "No, you guys just liked seeing other Spider Man, like and other characters from stuff that you recognized." And with with Batman, I was like, "Oh no, this was actually all the praises matching with." like a well-told story it developed characters and it wasn't just the hey look look at this thing that you remember remember doc ock <laughs> um and i still like no way home it's still a, a fun you know there's 
really good moments there. But uh, I definitely it, Batman doesn't feel like it's going the hey, remember Batman? No, remember it, it, it's saying hey, look, this is our Batman, and we're going to justify right. why you should care about this right. Batman, and that's what it does. No. Hey, Warners, if you're listening, how about we do that with Superman? And, and you just go, <laughs> hey, and it, and it pisses me off every time, and this is my own issue, the fact that we get a good Batman movie, and they still can't seem to figure out Superman. I, I don't get it. I know there's capable creators out there. I mean, to be fair, they're also not doing a good job of every other property they try to make into a movie, so it's not like, yeah, it's not like Superman's no. on his own in that respect. No, and, and I get that. That's fair, too, yeah. but I just feel like they almost they don't want to try because I, I would understand like see if we got the perfect flash movie the perfect mm-hmm. green latter movie the perfect wonder movie and then it was just superman that they kept screwing up or couldn't yeah get right. i know i know you know but, but hey at least they've got harley right at this point so that's true yeah i guess <laughs> i mean i like the suicide squad so i mean i guess i guess i'm yeah, it was fine like it's i love i loved a lot of what it did but it doesn't stick with me not like and, and we all know that i i mostly play a batman grump on twitter and, mm-hmm. and stuff but i'm still thinking about the batman oh the batman's it yeah. the batman like, actually has left me thinking about what it said and no yeah, other superhero movie has done that and, probably since christopher nolan <laughs> and and with with suicide squad like it's fun and i get what james gunn was doing and you could tell it's much more his speed with creatures and, you know, visceral type violence. But I haven't thought about it a lot since, even with watching Peacemaker. So, you know, just two different things. But I just wish, just find a find a Matt Reeves for for Superman, please. Someone that understands, because I know Matt Reeves understands Batman. Find someone that understands Superman. I mean, I've been screaming Brad Bird for years, and they just don't listen to me. You know, they just don't listen to me. I get it. I mean, Iron Giant is probably the best Superman movie we've had in the last 30 years. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, it's, it's, you know, tape. Anyway, uh, we should probably get into talking about yeah, this we week's should. comic book, shouldn't we? Um, so, we bounced around a bit there, but uh, we will start off with Detective Comics 1055, Mariko Tamaki writing, uh, with Amanke Nahulpin. I'm pr- probably butchering that name, apologies. I think you nailed it. But that's uh, that's them on the art. So, yeah, obviously we had our big... The incident finally arrived. Last, end of last issue. And this one kind of kicks off with like the media reporting on, oh, something's went down at Arkham Tower. It was supposed to be this new bastion of moving forward in the city. Oh, it turns out oh. the word Arkham is still cursed and we're all still doomed, yeah. uh, like always. So, Same yeah. old, same old Gotham. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and just like with other Gotham, uh, corruption seemed to, you know, lead this astray because it could have been fine. Um, but uh, where decided he was going to take the money and then a swan dive. Yeah, well, I mean, to be fair, Ware was sort of planning on doing something malicious the entire time, so it was kind of fundamental from the get-go. Yeah, Yeah. like we, you know, can't have nice things in Gotham. Um, This is the first issue where it made me feel like Connor, where how he's described a lot of the last issues. Mm -hmm. I felt this one, I could feel the kind of was like a lull, even though it's the beginning of the third act. Um, 
up until the end when it, it ramped back up. There's, there's a lot of pages and not a lot of plot. Yeah, but I do like a lot of the character stuff here, like a lot of the stuff with Elena versus the villains and um, and that type of stuff. But yeah, there, there's I could fill the lull in this part, but I've trusted them up to this point, so I'm sure it'll stick the landing. So I'm not worried at all, but uh, yeah. Just a question, because I, I may be just misremembering. They mentioned Steph's undercover in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's she, who is she under there? Have we seen her much? Yeah, we saw her go in last issue. We saw her go in, and she's in the crowd with the media. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I was thinking, for some reason, I was like, was she there the whole time, like, undercover in there the yeah, whole no. time? No, 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 she, just, she just was going for the media event for yeah. the grand yes. opening. We, okay, we, yeah. knew, we knew she was in there by the time the event happened, because it was, it was, she was mentioned right. in issue one as being in yeah. there, but uh, yeah. obviously... Only Jack's yeah, yeah. undercover as an orderly, and Helena's undercover as a... As a patient. Yeah. So obviously and here we're Harley actually we're finally yeah. back to well, if it is indeed Harley, we're still the uh-huh. jury's still out. Yeah, right. But I think last yeah. issue they went closer towards hinting it, right? Yeah. Uh yeah. so we're actually finally at kind of like picking up the threads of what issue one teased, which mm-hmm. I think made it feel like a nice well rounded kind of thing. You got Nightwing uh sort of running around with Psycho Pirate, although Psycho Pirate does duck out uh, at some point. <laughs> He, uh, he carries him at one point, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and you, you, we sort of see that Anna Volshin tried to get to uh, Nicano's wife, but uh, mm-hmm. she did get away. Um, which, you know, Huntress intervened, and that's what led to her bleeding out in the elevator shaft. But she, you know, she gets back up. Uh, Mr. Freeze is on a rampage. Uh, I kind of loved the colouring in all of his pages, because he's in this sort of red-lit hallway, presumably from because there's, mm-hmm. like, danger red alert lights on everywhere. Uh, but all of his ice, of course, is this nice, cool blue uh, yeah. contrasting with it. D- disappointed to be wrong. That No, he's still just, you know, trying to freeze everybody. You know, he just needed his, his uh, freeze gun back. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Which they were just, uh, just keeping lying around. Yeah, well, that seems uh, reckless. Well, we know Dodds for Wears a bit of a fraud, so I'm not surprised that he's... Uh, I'm actually surprised he didn't try to sell that stuff off to their names. <laughs> you know, Put it like, on eBay. Authentic yeah. Mr. Freeze gun. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, Psycho Pirate runs off though whilst Nightwing's encounter and Freeze because Nightwing tries to help. Uh, and Nightwing ends up sliding into a big hole that's been created because he slides mm-hmm. it th- th- off th- down the ice and then into the hole. Which seems to be a stupidly deep chasm. Uh, yes. At least judging by the way they've done the lettering with the echo of her shouting Nightwing down it. Yeah. Uh, the big thing, though, is that uh, so someone grabs Nightwing uh, once he's landed, uh, and we have another big villain sort of introduced into the story. Someone who I presume is just in here the whole time, or just we haven't been focusing on them or seeing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were introduced to Scarecrow, so it's kind of like fallen on a little bit from the Fear State stuff that he's mm-hmm. in here and uh, has something to do... Not necessarily with what's been going on, but he's now going to no. do something that he's open. Seems like he's going to take advantage of his circumstances. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it says next time at the end, state of fear. So it's obviously mm-hmm. harkening back to that. And he's got Nightwing all tied up. And he's still got the same outfit design, so he's still got that look. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't look quite the same because a different artist, of course. But uh, it is the, right. gen- the same general design, though, to what he was wearing. Mm-hmm. The creepy gas mask. Creepy gas yep. mask with a straw hat. The broad hat. Yeah. 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 So, um, 
yeah, and some of the villains are debating what they should do. Uh, Psycho Pirate goes... Uh, Psycho Pirate's the one that ends up with Nakano's wife, and basically says he was supposed to, like, try and go to her, um, because if she's kept safe... Um, They'll get their money. Yeah, pretty much. That was kind of the idea. But Psycho Pirate says that he's failed, and now he can't, like, control anyone anymore. At least for a while. I guess he's just too emotionally distraught. Like He's, he's taking, tapped, yeah, he's yeah. tapped out. So... Yeah, I mean, I suppose I can kind of see the, the, the complaint that there's not really a whole lot of advancement in this issue. I think what it did, though, is that, you know, we're, we're eight weeks removed from that first issue of this. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why it takes its time just kind of establishing where all the characters are is just to link you back up to where they all were teased in that first issue. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is a 12-issue thing. There was bound to be lulls. And for me, I'm happy it took eight issues to get there. Like, I'm not that upset by it. I still enjoyed it. It just it's, felt like yeah, it's spinning its wheels bad. a little. I, I definitely feel like it's a 12 issue story that could have probably been eight and been a lot tighter. Uh, maybe. I, I think with this, it's, you know, they know it's been eight weeks since you read that first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we read the first issue, I thought we'd be jumping back and forth a lot more, where it was actually a lot more just sequential once it jumped back. By and large, mm-hmm. once we went from issue two onwards, it, yeah. I mean, it jumped around a little bit here or there, but it it, it wasn't like jumping to like post issue one to back to the backstory. No. It was all backstory for the most part, building yeah. up to the that, event. That first issue is definitely a hook. Yeah, uh, and, it's a cold open essentially. For that, yeah, that yeah. Issue, yeah. And and to be fair, it did work really well in the sense that I do think that there's been this sort of ticking clock feeling to a lot of this this book up until this point, and I think that was. Because, you know, t- t- I, it literally just happened on the season premiere of Picard, where they did the, Uh-oh. here's some action stuff at the start, oh, 48 hours earlier, and then you spend yeah. the episode building up to it. And TV overuses it I'm so, so much. I'm so sick of seeing Yeah. Uh, but I think this this arc, though, has been a very good example of how it's actually added to the tension, because you're kind of waiting for the, mm-hmm. the breaking point happening. So it's bubbling the entire time. Uh but TV does overuse it. And it, it tends to just be all of the actions at the end of the episode. So we want to just take a little bit of it and put it at the start just so that everyone knows there's action coming. Yeah. Comics tends not to do it too much beyond it being just in the same issue as when they're doing it because mm. as a rule, they're monthly and it takes you a long time to get up to that point again and people will definitely forget. Whereas this, when you're doing it weekly, you've got a lot more leeway with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but creatively, I think there was a valid reason for it here as opposed to just you know i think it, yeah. i think for my taste i think it went on a little bit too long before we got to this point overall um i think that just goes but, back to the complaint of it being maybe a little bit too long overall I, yeah. I do like though that like we bounce back between the bats you know the bat squad led by babs yeah right and you have the party crashers and where there's all these different threads that we can pop in and out of so i uh, you know yeah, no, I get it, and I was uh, mostly still enjoying it. I think it was more, yeah. they described it as, you know, okay, each month is like Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. Uh-huh. I feel like we probably should have got towards this point, like, you know, during Act you know, Act 2. Halfway through Act 2. Yeah, rather than, yeah. okay, we're in the, the final. I mean, that, three that's such a left after this. additional story structure we're all kind of used to. Yeah. You know? 
I, uh, I don't actually have as much of a problem with the uh, the pacing, I guess. But I, I will say, Scarecrow's inclusion does feel a little bit out of nowhere to me. Yeah. Uh, that's probably my one critique. Is And it may be really cool whatever they do with them now, but like it did kind of feel like, oh, wait, we're doing Scarecrow stuff? All right, I guess. I think it's, it's a combination yeah. of, one, we just had a huge Scarecrow thing for like yeah. a year. Yeah. You know, with the Fear State stuff. And two... You were introducing three issues before the end now. We've got three issues yeah. to play with this stuff. And where if we had, let's say, if this was like, you know, the start of Act 2 and we had, you know, right. another seven issues to go, we had like two-thirds of the story still to tell, I think I'd be more open to it. If I, if I was to speculate the point of Scarecrow being introduced, is I wonder if he's going to, like, use a, a bunch of fear talks and, and then, like, Psycho Pirate, almost doing something for the good guys, is going to have to try and, like, counteract it with his ability. Uh, to calm yeah. everyone down. I could see them maybe, maybe. and that's why he's been introduced, yeah. perhaps. I, I will say that I do like that this is uh, going off of where we left Scarecrow, how mm. he was kind of hiding in plain sight. Mm. Um, how in the, like, the lead-up to Fear State, was he was leaving, like, the Scarecrows around and ginning up this, this fear base. And so here, if, you know, if he was in in the Arkham Tower... Right, like if he was just laying in wait, but because didn't didn't Batman drop him off? That he dropped him off at Blackgate, not Arkham, because of the there there was no Arkham uh, left. Yeah, that probably sounds right, but I assume they just transferred yeah. him to this tower right. with all the other. It's like, just weird right. that they never mentioned that they had him though, right? Yeah, like when we, yeah. we did that tour of oh here's all the villains and it's like here's Freeze, he's our one big name that we've kind of got mm-hmm. left. Uh, Which makes me wonder if he was hiding in plain sight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What if Scarecrow wasn't a patient? What if he like got right. out of Blackgate at some point and just mm-hmm. snuck One in the here? Doctors. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. That was possible. I mean, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if next issue is that. Oh, let's go back and see how Scarecrow got I, here. If, if we do that, I'm going to complain again because <laughs> no, no, no. Why? Well, sure, that that makes sense. But like, oh my god, we just spent eight issues going back to you know to for what we've just done in this story. We're finally moving forward again towards the end. Oh, we're going back. Well, again. I'm, I'm oh, not assuming know. it's going to be the whole issue. I'm assuming there'll be some flashbacks as the main story is still progressing. I, and yeah. I think that's if, if, if perfectly it is, like, okay. If, we, if we're doing a, a full flashback issue again, I am not going to be happy with that. Ah, oh, you're never happy though. Right? Uh, what, what did people think of the art? Because this is the first issue, of the the third artist. <laughs> It's it's fine. It matches the last two, you know. Yeah, it's not a big dramatic shift where it feels. No, like it complements. Yeah. I shouldn't say matches. It complements. You know, they all feel kind of the same vibe. Um, helps that they feel they have the same colorists and inkers. Uh, to, probably. I assume. To, I haven't checked. But... To keep their continuity. I, I don't know about inkers, but probably okay. color. Uh, Jody Belair on colors, so mm-hmm. yeah, she'll have been on it the whole time. Surely. Yeah. The, the, the only real critique I would have is that occasionally when he does like a full body shot, um, sometimes they look a little bit wide. Uh, like I noticed it was Freezy's full page spread. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a little bit wide, generally speaking. I think uh, Scarecrow as well at the end, like his full page when he's holding Nightwing. Yeah. Uh, he just looks at least a little bit uh, stocky because he looks a little bit wider, perhaps, in the hips and mm-hmm. stuff. I, I'm going to... While I don't disagree with it in general, mm. I think... For those two, kind of, like, I, I like the idea of Freeze being a bit, you know, his suit is a bit bulky. Sure. And Scarecrow, uh, he's got the the kind of loose robes on. So again, that kind of makes sense that he feels bigger than he is. 
Um, but I, I don't disagree that you know mm. that it does happen a couple of times in this issue. I just I tend to actually quite like those choices. In, in this I, I would agree. Instance. I would agree with Freeze more than Scarecrow. I think Scarecrow. I think of as very scrawny. Normally, mm. yes, but yeah. like I say, he's wearing very flowing, loose-fitting kind of you know robes yeah. here that like it, even that you can see the trousers are really baggy in the in the silhouette. Mm. So that makes sense. To yeah, me. but you know, he's, he's trying. You know, it's it's a it's Scarecrow trying to make himself more imposing. Yeah, but you also look at his Nightwing that when he's tied to the chair, and he's a little bit bulky too. Sure. Um, yeah. So I think that's just uh, the style, right, which, which is why I'm saying it is definitely likely not just an artistic choice. But I actually right. like the end result on the Scarecrow and and Freeze, even though yeah. it's probably a quote unquote mistake. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, back up. Uh, we shift forward in time to no yeah. man's land, <laughs> timeline wise. Uh-huh. Kid cannot catch a break in his life. <laughs> he's just learning to walk. Yeah, he's 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 in rehab, uh, and there's an earthquake. <laughs> definitely making us question who the hell this is again, because this doesn't seem like Nero anymore, right? Because he seems no. to be just trotting around just fine. Yeah. Yeah, and and Nero's been is is so. Like, because at this point, this kid's so much more layered and sympathetic, and Nero's just like a psychopath at this point. Yeah. Uh, from what we've seen of him. Uh, but yeah, so it's like No Man's Land time period. Uh, he's with this uh, girl that he's befriended from from rehab, and they ended up joining like some sort of gang. There's this like guy that they're working for. Um, poet. Who? Sorry, poet. That's right. Yeah, poet. Mm-hmm. poet uh, and. Basically, he sends them out to go and like steal food from people, and gets really mad, and he's really abusive if they don't come back with anything. And it turns out Killer Croc stole this like campsite's food, so he sends our main kid and a little group out after him to get the food. And the main kid basically just bargains with Croc. There's some nice art here, of course, from Frankie Villa when uh, Croc like pops out and like grabs her by the neck and. Oh, Blanco, I mean. Blanco, what did I say? <laughs> there you go. You said Franco Villa. I said Franco Villa. Yeah. I mean, not a million miles away stylistically, so... Yeah, yeah. I've, I've just... I'm getting my Fs mixed up, let's be honest. Yep. Uh, Fernando Blanco. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so... But the kid, the kid basically says, look, how about... You know, we, we make some sort of pact. We can help you out. You can help us out. There's no reason for this to be something we can't have. Um, and Croc says, "Oh, so I'm supposed to give you a favor?" Well, yeah. As it so happens, I do have something I want you to do. Uh, so the the ending of this show is that you don't see it, but you just sort of hear the roars. The idea that he's he's asked Croc to come and kill Poet, so that mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to be like held captive by this monster anymore. So once yeah. again, yeah. it's a famous I- Gotham villain who's end ends up in a bit of an ally. <laughs> I kind of love this stuff though. He he kind of goes off, and he's just like, "Come on, Waylon." What are you playing at? <laughs> like everyone's there, like you know, ready to fight, you know, Croc, and mm-hmm. it's you know, like big scary Croc. You know, you got to tell you what, he's the monster, as they're calling him. He's like, ah, don't worry about it. I got, I got this, guys. I'll just, I'll just, 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 just cool it. Yeah, it's a bunch of you know, kids, maybe in their late teens, maybe just hitting twenty with sticks, <laughs> maybe a machete, and they're going to take on Killer Croc on their own. <laughs> I love that he he yells put her down and then smacks him with the. Whatever club he has, and he's like, "You want to test me? Like, <laughs> you're hit him. <laughs> like, here to nose. Um, you want a taste? Yeah. So, <laughs> probably should say that to Croc actually, because he will literally actually taste you. Yeah. Also, <laughs> also there is acknowledgement. You know, um, 
Crack mentions the fake Batman mm. uh, tried to kill you. And uh, the kid, so the, the acknowledgement that that wasn't the same Batman he was terrified of, and he knows yeah, that. Yeah, at some point he found that out over the, you know, presumably when the real Batman came back, it was made more clear that there was another one running around. It's kind of, kind of just clear again, because continuity these days is you know, wonky as to what did or didn't happen exactly as we always read it. But it's like, okay, it's it's clear the public was, by the end of it, aware that no, that was kind of, you know, that was someone else running around. It wasn't. Uh, Batman just had a bit of a moment. I mean, I've been enjoying, you know, this kid interacting with the various villains, and that's kind of been there since, like, the very first story, or the first chapter of this, uh, but it's kind of oddly become this nice little trip through Batman history, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, the current continuity mm-hmm. from a post-crisis Batman onwards, and, uh, you know, so uh, now I'm almost, like, trying to predict what's next, what's the next thing that we're going, the next time period we're going to be in. Uh, I, I want to see an issue during, like, like, 52, where Batman's gone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It could, it could be 52. Uh, with, uh, and then you've got to do one. Was Batman. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to do one while Dick. You know, that's pretty towards the end. You know, yeah. like, I'm oh. just wondering if there's something before 52 era, though, because like that's like 2006. And this, is, have... like, this is like 99, 2000 in terms of like real world publishing time. Right, but we jumped from. Night we jumped from yeah, Nightfall to Night... No Man's Land. That's like six, seven years, admittedly, yeah. So we could jump and that then... much again. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm trying to think what are the next big hallmarks. We've, we've of, only of got that. three left. You, you got, so uh, if you do... Yeah, that's true. You've only got three left, so yeah, probably will jump a big 52 chunk. 52 where there is essentially no Batman in Gotham. Right. Then you do one where... Where he's back. You, you probably want one where, where Dick's Batman. Mm-hmm. You may not get both Dick and 52. I feel like you may get one no, or the other. No, you might get one or the other. Yeah. I think I'd prefer having Dick there, because again, it will play into him... Recognizing the different Robins and kind of playing off, yes. of, yeah. off of that, and, well, yeah, and so, also having different Batmans. As and well. Damien presumably should be around for one of them. Yeah, as, as the next one, he's, he's met all the other ro- the Robins, yeah. so I think he has to. Yeah, well, it would be that, great as if do that with 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 Dick as Batman, right? You do that you, as you Dick, that and then and then he realizes like this is a different Batman with a different Robin because their attitudes are switched. But he also has to he has to face Batman at some point. You know, that's, I mean, that's, that's the last the chapter. Yeah, that's yeah. the last chapter. So I'm wondering, like, if that's in, a more current. In the one where he sees Dick as Batman, does he recognize that it's the original Robin? In the same uh, way that maybe. he recognized that all the Robins yeah. were different. I think the other important well, part of that, though, as well, I think, is that, you know, at, at that time, it was, belie- it was believed that Batman was dead. And I think the right. idea of him coping or, like, reacting to the death of Batman mm-hmm. is an interesting beat to look at as well. Mm, that's true. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there's definitely interesting things that could... could, could with that. Uh-huh. It would surprise me if you get one set during either Court or Wars of Death in the Family, something around the New 52. Oh. There's one mm. of them. Uh, I yeah. suspect the final chapter, though, will be not necessarily exactly present day, but there'll be recent Batman. It will be like, yeah. you know, Rebirth era into Infinite Frontier Batman somewhere. Uh, the idea being that we were up to like modern times and this is where he is now. Yeah. yeah. So, it'll be interesting. Uh, all right, what are we uh, rating, Matt? What are you giving the main story? Uh, I'm going to give the main story a 7.5. All right, and back up? Uh, an 8. All right, Connor, main story? 6.5. Okay, and the backup? Uh, an 8.5. Really enjoying the backup. Yeah, I'll agree with Matt on the main story, 7.5, uh, and I will I'll go with a solid 8 on the backup. So uh, there you go. All right.
Batman issue one two one. Joshua Ellison writing with Jorge Molina and Michele Yannin on the art. So, um, yeah, this is actually the final chapter of this arc. Uh, this wraps up the storyline. I don't know if I'd quite go that harsh, Matt. But I, I don't. Yeah, that like... was a bit. That was a bit harsh. Given that I don't think you were that negative on the last few issues, were you? I didn't like. This felt very abrupt, and I didn't like it. I'm not actually disagreeing that this is a little yeah. abrupt, but and I I've seen this. I'm getting, but I'm getting a little bit of flashbacks to some flash stuff with Williamson. Mm. So, see, but when, it, you say, when you say thankfully yeah. though, that implies that you've been wanting it to end throughout the well, the, the course of the arc, and I don't feel like it, that's been true. Yeah, this is the opposite. It's, it's not thankfully. It's like, damn it, why is this the last issue already? Yes. Like, you want it, it's bringing well, no, another just two because... or three issues. Instead, it's like, oh, we've got a crossover coming. Wrap this shit up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, the whole Abyss thing in this, the more I got to, I was just like, oh man, this is not, I don't like where this is going. And then it moves it on real quick to, so maybe th- thankfully it was the wrong one, but I didn't, this is definitely the least of the, you know, on the lesser side of Williamson. Um, kind of glad Starsky's taken over. Not yeah. A lot. yeah, I mean, what's funny though is that, because I mean, Basically, it's right after the crossover, isn't it? Like, he's got a couple months of yeah, crossover, and... Crossover's two months, Yeah, I think, which is... I think I think he's got June as well. I don't... I don't I'm think hoping... It takes over till July. So he's got, like, an epilogue issue or something for his little Probably mini run. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping Shadow Wars more Robin than Deathstroke Inc. Um, and <laughs> maybe this issue. Um, but I don't know. I think I'm maybe just a little burned out. I do this with Williamson a lot, um, where I just I get burned out on certain things, and like here, I mean, I it think it's, like it, I think it's just sloppy o- writing. It's okay to admit that he's hit and miss because I think he is yeah, very no, hit and miss. He is, and and this right here is definitely more of a miss. As I dropped my phone because I moved my leg too much, um, but yeah, this this the this stuff, the the, the League of Batman. It's, it's a shame because I think the, most of the arc has been. Not spectacular by any means, but I think it's been perfectly no. decent. And Actually, then this this issue is just like, yeah, we're done now. I'm like, uh, yeah, oh, I th- think that's it. the arts, despite the fact that the arts, there's been like multiple arts in every book, there's been a lot of art that's definitely elevated significant chunks of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say, on the subject of this wrapping up a bit quick, there's actually the moment in here that I thought should have been the end of an issue. Um, the moment where Batman like just says a, a phrase and then all the Batman mm-hmm. inks start fighting, go, oh, that's the code word that we stop being undercover now. And it's, it's like really early in this issue, right? I, I was like, "That's the end of an issue." You you have that page. Oh, okay, we're not undercover yep. anymore. Now we're with Batman again. Like that that you you do the end of an issue on that beat. It's it's actually funny because that panel where they do the uh, it's like in the, the the kind of almost the triangle on the top half. Yeah. Um, or you know when you this undercover mission's over and you know we don't work for you anymore. That image, that lineup. Is you know if you extend that out over full page, that is a final page there. Except instead, it's just like, oh, this is half a page, and now we have two more panels underneath it. Yeah, because it just it felt like a big game changing cliffhanger, and it was a little confusing. And I do think there's a little sloppiness to some of the the logistics of like the the layers of like double crossing get on here. Now, obviously. Yeah what the actual undercover part was, because obviously Batman didn't know about what they were doing with Abyss. Uh, otherwise, a lot of the story up until this point doesn't make any sense. 
It's more just that they were undercover in the sense that they were they were looking into Lex and they were looking into yeah they were else. they they acknowledge afterwards yeah. though, that that it doesn't try and pretend Bruce knew the whole time or anything like that. No. It's yeah. more just a you know we we were doing this on our own. You kind of abandoned us to just mm-hmm. you know to do our yeah. thing. So we were doing our thing. But in the moment, I got I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Batman didn't know about most of this. Well, he couldn't have started. I think it was more just he yeah. had that much faith in them that he can say that and they'll yeah. go, all right. Game's up. Let's yeah, you know. The, let's call it. And the, and the swapping out the body for abyss, and that whole messiness, and <sighs> reasons. It's just yeah, yeah. It's just like needlessly elaborate um, for a four issue story. Yeah, and there's, there's other things like Batman just like stealing a bit of tech off Alexi's suit, which basically uh-huh. turns his suit into like the same like solution right. where he can now see his. Yeah, so I like yeah. I like the reasoning. I don't like the execution. Because yeah. the fact that Luther made Abyss, right, with his technology, um, of course Lex would have, you know, a key to that, to, to fight it, uh, which is very on brand for Lex. So, And I'm not against the idea that when Batman Inc. was announced originally, which is what we see at the start of the issue, is that Lex uh, immediately says, oh, I need to counter this. Bruce Wayne's going to have Batman Inc. I want a Batman Inc. That's right. very Lex. Yeah. Why, why don't I own this? Yes. So, you know, Abyss is kind of a creation that comes out of that, is that he's trying to make which, his own Batman. I'm surprised we haven't gotten that before with Lex making his own, like, you know, like we're kind of getting that with Bendix and the Rising, right, over with Taylor and that's yeah. yeah, that's kind of what that is, yeah. Right, but him creating his own Batman makes a whole lot of sense, just because it would seem easier. Like, uh, he gave this guy nanotech, whoever Abyss is, to control darkness. Um, which he didn't have forethought that this guy could go sideways. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does say something though, and part of this because of the arc. I think the back half of the issue when you get to the uh, the Molina art, which I've been loving in this arc. It's it's as soon as you turn the page onto it, um, that image of him of Abyss walking through the city with all the neon signs, just yeah. like the signs on his back, is just immediately like, oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, and then you get the full white pit, the background, and the next page is Batman and Abyss stare off, and it's the idea that Batman's like changed his suit so that it's just bright white now instead of darkness, mm-hmm. and he can't see everything else, but he can see Abyss, and you know that's it. The matters. And don't get me wrong, like some of this is very convenient. The way Batman gets his sight back properly is just because the best seems to spray him with something for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But what I I do think is telling though is that when it drops all the Batman Inc. stuff and the convoluted sort of like relationship he has with them and their relationship with Lex, and it just becomes Batman against this pretty neat villain with great art. I was more into that. Like because it became simple mm-hmm. again and I was just enjoying that because the art mm-hmm. was so good. Uh, and I, I could like leave all the stuff from the first half of the issue behind and just enjoy that for what it was, and you know, just art of seeing like kids reunited with their family. And um, there's a little tease here as well where uh, Batman says, "Oh, Badnesia needs you, Kea, uh, but when you're ready, let me know." And she's like, "What do you mean?" Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, he's recruiting." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do like Batman having this network of people, you know. This, this definitely like, feels like, oh, Batman Inc. has a new member mm-hmm. to be, yeah. right? Yeah, I just, knowing that Williams is not staying in the book, though, I do wonder what the game plan is. I would say given the amount of other random books yeah. that Williamson writes, especially yeah. given his yeah. his stature in at DC right I mean, now and how he's you know writes a lot of the big events, this could come up literally anyway. I mean, that's I feel that's why we have Avery over in Justice League Incarnate, mm. right? Just because of what he did with her 
over in, in Flash. Yeah. I think this one's a lot, because Avery, of course, like, you know, he was doing a whole Flash run, she was introduced early and was a part of it the entire mm-hmm. time. Or, you know, in and out, she wasn't there a lot constantly, but she was in and out mm-hmm. constantly. Um, whereas this, because she's just literally been introduced in this arc, and it's sort of had this seed at the end, it does feel more more like specifically designed yeah. like i'm going to well, use her for something important it, soon. it could be a case of more he's just hey I, you know i'm not on the bat book that long but i want to leave something for people mm. to play with yeah. if they want to yeah, yeah i guess i mean she could show up during shadow war too because he needs to do stuff in badnesia yeah I will say, I got a little worried at the end because when Batman calls Oracle and Oracle says, oh, the the tower, like Arkham Tower, like, Batman, where are Mm -hmm. you? I was very pleased that, like, because I was worried when she said that and then I was like, oh, God, does that mean Batman? Because not not that it would be terrible if Batman showed up at the end of the the Arkham Tower arc, but I I, I don't, this is like the the Bat family story and him showing up to save the day at the end would sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, be a problem You might want to be prepared to get a little disappointed in a couple of issues time, Pete. Sharp. Uh, the the next page of this issue though kind of implies that he doesn't arrive until after it's over though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel it. like they're the kids are gonna clean up the mess before Dad gets home. You know. I mean, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I mean, maybe I just read this page differently, but it didn't come across that way to me. Hmm. Is like like. Because it's Oracle going, you know, what the hell was that? Where have you been? That said to me, he did something without contact, without getting in contact with them first. But he does mm. come in and do a big thing in the, in the final issue. And then it's like, what, what the hell are you playing that? You know, we had that sort of thing. I'm not opposed to seeing him. I'm just, I don't like the idea that they're going to fail if uh, Batman doesn't show up to, like, help. I don't know. But it says Gotham City after Arkham Tower. So I was like, oh, I feel relieved at that phrasing. Yeah, I I got the impression from this conversation that this is the first time they're talking after that because he just shows up and, and does stuff on the day without contacting them as, as much as he usually does. But I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, and then it's got a couple of epilogue things. Mm-hmm. Um. Kay is looking into Luther stuff and uh, Clown Hunter and Ghostmaker are being brought in to, to do things. To the it, it's just setting up that, that annual. Yeah. Right, which, yeah. Sure, might, might be fine. Yeah. Uh, and then it teases Deathstroke for the, the crossover on the last mm-hmm. page. Uh, so, you know, that's what it is. Uh, like, you know, there's things in here I like, there was things in here I f- it felt rushed. Um, yeah, so favorite part was absolutely Batman versus Abyss and the art that went along with it. And partly of it was because it just it became this simple encounter between them that was cool and looked nice. Uh, the the convoluted nature of like the double crosses and all that stuff yeah. from the first half. Again, I think it was just kind of rushed. I feel like the oh no, he's just ending their undercover nature like with one phrase, and that's just them flipped. That felt like it could have been the end of like an is- this issue and then another I, that, issue that's, after. That's a really good beat to play, I think. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, uh, okay, yeah, we're, we're doing that. It feels Carry rushed here, though, because it's just like a third into yeah. the issue. I like, I, I, it really feels like this arc needed another issue or two, and it was just like, ah, oh, well, crossover's coming, so cut it short. That's that's the, the feeling I got from this issue. Yeah. I didn't have that up until, you know, the first three issues of this arc were 
perfectly fine in terms of Which pacing. It's all annoying in the sense that Williamson's writing all the other books in the crossover anyway, and yeah. like he, he knew he, they were coming. Yeah, he planned yeah. all of this himself. And don't get me wrong, yeah. maybe there was a deadline in the sense that oh, the new writer's taking over Batman starting in July, so it has yeah, to be done I, by then. But it does feel like he was super excited to set up all the stuff, and then they're like, "Okay, well, you got to wrap this up." And he goes, uh, "Okay," uh, but the fact that he knows he was tired. I mean, he's doing the next major... He's doing the next crisis, so he's happy. I'm sure he's happy. He's delighted. Yeah. But... There's, there's a very real chance that that is part of why he's stepping away from Batman. It's yeah. just he's got a lot of, you know, a lot of books on. It's like, hey, I can't keep up with all this stuff. Right, yeah. running a crisis is, is a big job. You gotta, yeah. you gotta be in the ball I mean, it kind of okay. got Snyder out of superhero books for the moment. That's you know? right, yeah, he did, he did, you know, Death Metal, he which did, is effectively a crisis. He did and... two of them, yeah. So, he did Metal and Death Metal. And, and he was like, you know, that's enough superheroes for now. Yeah. I think I'll uh, take a break. Yeah. So, it's interesting yeah. to see a lot of characters, like, like Tynan's doing the kind of the exact same thing right now. Where it's like, yeah, yeah I'm kind of out of the superhero game for right now. It's kind of the, the Rucka Brubaker template, right? They're the first ones I remember doing that, where they're like, I'll come and I'll work on your superhero stuff, but then I need to. It's. I think it's. It's like a director, one for yeah. me, one for them. It's. It's a, Matt, it's a bit of a. As well, did a lot. Like it's that. a bit of a shame, though, that I think Tynan feels like he's doing it much earlier than other writers do it. I feel like Tynan wasn't in the superhero game as long as having, a lot of the other ones. Having, he did a decade solid of only like almost exclusively DC work, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't yeah, really feel like, he didn't really come into his own though until he, Rebirth. Well, that's when yeah. it really started no, getting good. It's just, I think what it is is he never quite got to the top tier of he's running the 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 events as as kind of yeah, whereas I guess, a lot of these others. I guess that's, that. that's what I'm saying. I want though. I want Titan to get to that point and do that sort of See, stuff. Having having read the first uh, arc of Department of Truth and Nice House, and I'm sure once I get something's calling the children, mm-hmm. I do feel he's kind of out on superheroes just because. He wants to tell more unconventional because, like, Department of Truth gets very superhero-y. Like, it's like sure. not in like superpowers, but in concepts. Yeah, no, you know? it's totally fine that he wants to do unique things and he's got all these creator-owned yeah. ideas. It's just I'm just looking at it from the perspective of a DC fan who has like a writer in the in the toolbox yeah. who's there to like make the right. the, the oh. books good. It's just a shame that he kind of he sort of like went that like I'm going down the indie route separate from this mm-hmm. earlier than I would have liked. I would have yeah, liked another four or five years of them on DC books, but, you know. I think it's more he went earlier in terms of where he peaked in his DC career as opposed to the length of time, because like I say, he did do a good oh, solid oh, 10 oh, years of constant work. Obviously, it's his choice, and obviously, like, if he's yeah. writing good books, then that's great. I'm just I'm just speaking purely from a selfish DC No, I hear what you're saying from, though, but then, you know, you could end up, like... Johns and Bendis and kind of what all they do is superhero stuff and then it kind of burns you out on them. Um, not not about Doomsday Clock, but I mean, some of the later Green Lantern stuff from Johns got a little bit rough. The Jokers um, wasn't that hot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we, but we basically know New, Bendis, 50, New, 50, New 52, pretty much onwards, with the exception of Doomsday Clock, the, a very notable exception of Doomsday mm-hmm. Clock, Johns' work was never as good as the stuff pre-New 52. Yeah. It was rarely, like, terrible or anything like that. No, no. No, it's just not up at that level where these are guys that run things normally, right? All the big events go through them, yeah. and it's almost like they get fatigued. And I, I hear what Pete's saying is that that was never really Tynan. Tynan was always off in his own corner, kind of. 
Yeah. I think, it's, I think it's notable that it was when he was put in charge of running the bat box that kind of broke yeah. him. I say broke him in, in a bad way, because... Yeah. But more just made him realize that he's yeah. had enough, at least for now, I uh, just, in, the, in that world. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would just, I would have liked another four or five years of him, like, maybe on some other, like, non-bat character stuff and yeah. doing some other like, things. I wanna... But I mean... Who knows? Maybe after, say, five years of doing indie books, he'll get the itch and he'll come back for like a run on a character. I mean, he, he has said that he he doesn't see it in the foreseeable future, but he doesn't. He's it, not planning like you know he's gone forever. Yeah, no, definitely not. He, there's a lot of love there. Like I, I feel like I do want a Young Justice or Teen Titans book by tying in at a certain point. That would be know? very good. Yeah. I feel like that for me would hit a lot of the similar sort of vibe and style of the. Uh, the Gillan McKelvey Young Avengers. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like I have by, a lot of by the way, I... crossover and taste for that. Yeah, by the way, I put the, the pig book, the, the Captain Carter, uh, oh, on, yeah. my, on my pull list just because... Okay. And I, I credit it to, to Gillan just because I'm so used to Gillan McKelvey. No, he's writing it, yeah. Right, but McKelvey's writing it. And uh, the guy that, that takes care of all that at my shop is like, I think you have that wrong. And I thought about it. I was like, oh, no, absolutely right. And he's like, yeah, I would do the same thing, though. Because usually it's Gillen and McKelvey. They've, they've, yeah. they've been a combo pairing for yeah. 15 years or something at this point, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so apologies uh, to Williamson because talking about his book turned into why we all yeah. want Tain in the Fourth to be writing more books, which is a bit <laughs> insulting in many ways. But... Well, no, as, as someone that I've been, I've been writing with Williamson since... You know, at least right before Rebirth. From I mean, you can go back to the very first episode of the show, yeah. the introduction, yeah. like you know, with the Rebirth announcement. And yeah. you were the only one. You were really excited about Williams yeah, and yeah. Flash because you. And I just stuff. right, and, and I I've seen his tendencies over the course of reading his stuff, and when it hits, like Robin, it really hits. But when it misses, Flash Year One, like <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, uh, and I and I hope the Shadow War is more of what I and I have the feeling it will be because like again this felt so abrupt uh, and can't be worse than Deathstroke Geek has been that book's been a damn mess. So, <laughs> but it know. did have Deathstroke riding a unicorn. So yeah, like it started off so fun and then it kind of just very very quickly dropped off. Yeah. Right. All right, that's right, Batman. Matt, what are you giving it? I'm gonna give this a seven point five. <laughs> All right, Connor. <laughs> Sorry, I was just so like, um, it, it's a six, and I think at least a point of that is just the art in the back half. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. Um, what am I going with? Uh, I think I will probably go somewhere in between that and say six point five. I think I was, I like that back half a lot, but it's just a bit abrupt, and there's a lot of rushed stuff on it i think a lot of the problems aren't necessarily it's this issue is why i'm rating it so low it's just that this issue is indicative of problems with the art overall that mm. oh, oh well this is the conclusion because this feels so abrupt if this issue had you know was just you know spread out a little bit more it probably would have been fine but because it because of what it represents it's a little bit a bit harsh on it yeah all right dark nice of steel issue five tom taylor writing yasmin putri on the art and well i guess we're going to hear matt like <laughs> tom taylor cannot help himself can he matt, every, matt, every nope. he doesn't he doesn't but, but, look this is a this is a book of two stories or, or of two mats <laughs> that, <laughs> there's that's... the poison ivy loving matt and uh -huh. there's the superman loving matt 
Yeah, and and Poison Ivy Matt is like, yeah, this is great. Oh, uh, Poison Ivy Matt, I'm sure is ecstatic. The fact that this romance between her and Harley here is mm-hmm. presented the way it is, yep. where Queen Ivy is like out in the the, the forest and she's protecting the. the the, the castle and stuff because she cares about Harley and she wants Harley to come and live with her in the forest but Harley's like no 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 I ain't gonna protect my world but I'll visit I'll visit and it's all I, whatever I don't want to live outside that's all I can think of Harley it's like there, there's, there's a room we could go stay in there yeah uh, so and... you got that uh, but then you have the other side of this. Uh, well, just a side note as well is that you know this idea, and I think we speculated about this at one point that maybe Zala was uh, impersonated when she murdered yeah. uh, Jefferson's Ooh. son. But right. uh, what else could it be? But but, but, um, right, but right now, like she's outright like I don't want to say plain dumb because if, you know, well, to, she's but, claiming that she that it that she has no recollection yeah, of any of this happening. She has no idea not, she did this, which it's possible, like, okay. or I'd say it's possible she's just bullshit. Well, yeah, but I also was like, okay, well, we saw what happened with the Green Man and maybe magic and mind control. Like, I mean, I'm yeah. thinking like Max Lord stuff. That's maybe. All yeah. Right, which is what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying I don't believe her because right now I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to believe Zala and that she's telling Diana the truth. Yeah. There's also shapeshifters, also, I'm not ruling right? out the possibility. There's shapeshifters yeah. in DC, so I mean, there's there's plenty of reasons that could there's explain it. But they also seem to have her powers. Although, could, I mean, it could have been Martian Manhunter. Yeah, Martian Manhunter. A, a word version of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we we haven't seen this this version of Shazam, you know. Yeah. So uh, worth mentioning that detail. Uh, the other part, though, is that Bruce is going to tell Clark about, and it's not it's not even really Clark. You know what I mean? It's just Kal-El here. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, He's going to tell him about the kryptonite and has to reveal that he's also his his brother, right? <laughs> the, 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 the sheriff father. And he's a bit nervous about it. He's, he sort of hangs his head down and turns out Kal-El in this universe is a bit of a dick because he immediately just stabs Bruce with the kryptonite and says, nope, this is our place to rule, there can be no challengers. Flies him up into the sky, and then lets him drop to the ground. And To be found by yes, none other than the Kents. To be found <sighs> by the Kents, who are now going to take in a adult Bruce Wayne, who has been betrayed by a, effectively an evil Superman. <laughs> so, I trust Taylor a lot. <laughs> I know he loves Superman. So and the he fact just loves is, telling evil Superman stories, this, doesn't he? I mean, this was. But, do you know what this was for me? This this was the same feeling I had an issue or two ago when they introduced. Uh, I don't even remember it now. What was it? It was the Joker was also. Uh, was also Lex Luthor or Alexander Luthor, and was also a Green Lantern, right? The, the, that's the same. The feeling I had when I read that page is the same feeling I had when. The, the Kent's finding a Bruce Wayne who was stabbed by Kryptonite and is now and is now going to be adopted by the Kent's as an adult to overthrow an evil Clark or an evil Kal-El. Yeah, this is the same. Like there's, like this is just every idea just smushed into a blender and I love it though. And effort, let's just do it. That's what this feels like. So that that's where I was getting at. Right, was like <laughs> I trust Tom Taylor when he stabs Bruce. I was legitimately shocked. Did not there, see it There coming. was a moment where he did it where I was like, 
Is this real? Is this is, right. is, is Bruce having a vision like of like yeah. like uh, yeah. of, is he terrified it's going that badly and he, it's like this paranoia. Is a fear? Yeah. And, and I'm like, oh no, no, this, no. this is happening. This this no. is what this book's doing now. And then so it, again, it to, to hit with those fantasy tropes, right? It's the tyrant that's hiding in disguise, waiting. Mm -hmm. Chaos is a ladder, um, and it's it's seeming like Cal has orchestrated this with with someone else. Which is why then I go back to maybe Zala uh -huh. is in on it. Maybe maybe they are working on this together, right? Yeah. <sighs> How so? I have to go back and read. Did did we see her come in, or was it just a vaguely? We saw her in the sky. I think I don't think we saw like a like there wasn't a lot yeah. of her speaking around like that. Um, you know, I I, I could I I could see the swerve being that Clark is the evil one and Zala is actually completely innocent. Right. Uh, right. I, I could see that being the, the the way this goes. And you know, we see Zala with Wonder Woman in this, and they want to like be together and stop their mm -hmm. sides from going to war. And maybe like yeah, if someone is playing this and wants a war to happen, if that is Cal, if it is someone else, then like right. yeah, all this is going on. Um, but you could, I mean, there's definitely just throwing concepts into a blender. And all and this doing... is over. You know, we haven't even mentioned the fact that this issue we're introduced to Dick Grayson. Mm -hmm. we so we we have a, a Batman replacement ready, ready and waiting. Yeah. I mean, does... I, kind of, I kind of love every you know, this, this saying it all like this just sounds like a mess, but when yeah. I'm reading it, it it's works. executed it well. Like it, it, it feels cohesive. What if, I mean, world. I don't know why they would. Maybe he's got amnesia or something. But for some reason, I can see Taylor being ballsy and having the Kents name him Clark, so that Bruce is actually Clark. At this yeah, universe. I think it'll be he needs he needs a new identity yes. like, to go undercover, like less. Less like you know amnesia in the lab, but yeah. more. No, he needs again, to go by a different name. You know, fantasy trope, right? He is a bastard. He has to take on a different name because he's a threat to the kingdom. You know, yeah. so I'll take your word that that's a trope. I, I, I don't a, know that, but <laughs> I mean stuff, stuff like I mean that's Prince and the Popper, right? Like that that goes back uh, to, to fantasy type stuff. So, um, but yeah, no, it's this is completely wacky in the best way. Because again, I want to hate it, but I trust, I trust Taylor. Right? As, as much as I'm like, oh no, more evil Superman stories. Yeah. I'm like, that's oh, all right. Sometimes yeah. he he's done the worst evil Superman story that that can be done, and, and not worse as in oh. quality, but worse as in objectively terrifyingly evil Superman. Right. He, he's this already done seems... that, so he can't do any worse. Right. This this seems like the anti-Superman, and that for for. What we've kind of seen is that it seems like Cal is this compassionate person, right? But this is also he was raised to be a king over people. This is Superman without the Kent. I just I'm laughing a little bit because I'm just this is dawning on me that this story is that Batman is going to be the true Superman and that he's raised yeah. by the Kents and he's going to be the hero of the story, and mm -hmm. Cal is the the evil prick. <laughs> well, so what what we're learning here is Batman is better than Superman. <laughs> no. no. It's not just that he's no. better than Superman. He's a better Superman <laughs> than Superman. Bruce Wayne's not even the best Batman, number one. All right? <laughs> so let's chill. But, but, but he might be the best Superman. Uh, nah. <laughs> John is still Superman. All right? Uh, so. Um, but no, this is just the, the tie that, you know, Superman is who he is because of his humanity, how he was raised. 
it's, it's that, essentially playing out the you know he needs mm-hmm. the the Kents to be yes. super right and that just just him being kryptonian which is a concept that i love because i feel like in a lot of the superman pop culture especially of of late um and even bendis cares much more about superman as kryptonian than superman is actually clark kent and i feel like taylor is taking the alternative path that like yes he's from krypton and that's part of his heritage but he is who he is he is superman yeah in a lot of ways as much as this is doing the evil superman trope Mm -hmm. i guess at this point it's it's in a way that's kind of a love letter to superman in a way of like no no no. this isn't superman because he doesn't have the kents this is what makes superman so it is a in a perverted kind of way uh no, no, no. This is a Superman you've done right, as opposed and to evil Superman. So that's right, not, it's really not even Superman. it's not even just because he's royalty. It's it's how they treated them when they got there, right? Like the for all from all we've seen, uh, and it was mainly there's a story from Alfred, was that the the elves were like, you know, kindly, and but they helped out, was. right? And they were they were fair, and so you know, if Clark was raised in this privilege and. He never, you know, had to feel the consequences or stuff. How would that I think it's change him? Really interesting. Again, it'll be coming down to the Kent's impacts on, yeah, on Superman or in this case on, on Batman. But you know, this Batman was kind of a tyrant. He locked a lot of people, uh, you know, locked them all up. Right in the name him. of safety, right? Right. And I'm assuming this is going to have the Kent's teach him better morals to just to, to yeah. be a better person, right? Uh, well, because Alfred already called him out on that on his paranoia. Yeah. You know, so yeah, if the Kent's are there. You know, and this is his tie more to humanity than, you know, because he was up in the castle. Um, despite being the bastard, not realizing it, you know, he was the, uh, what's that called? Like on Game of Thrones when um, uh, Robert and and uh, Stark and Ned went to go live with John Aaron. Um, fostering? Hostages? Is that what it is? I, I, think, I think fostering is the official term. Okay. But, but yeah, they... Yeah. they they go learn the ways. That's kind of what Bruce was doing. And it seems like his own paranoia has shaped that um, mm-hmm. because of the lack of his parents and, and whatever. And being thinking he was only merely a human in the presence of these gods, you know, and he had to keep them safe. So I, I get, I trust you. If this was any other creator, I might have thrown the book uh, across the room, despite the, the very nice, you know, Harley and Ivy stuff at the beginning. Um, I love that it was long. I, I that. I to... I, I, this is one of the one of the books I read in a paper copy. I yeah. saved it to read in a paper copy because I went to pick them up today, yeah. and I got to that page. And I just went, God damn it! And like literally yeah. flapped yeah. the book yeah. down. I was like, Damn it, Taylor! I just I love that the Ivy and Harley stuff was there to lull Matt into a false sense of ecstasy, and then <laughs> and then well, Tom Taylor does. <laughs> I like to think aware of us a little bit. And, you know, he did that. He did that for me. He didn't want to turn me into the Hulk, you know. So that uh, best soften him up first. Yeah, yes. Yep. yes. Uh... But I mean, super powerful Ivy is always good to see, right? Like her being able to hold Wonder Woman there, just with the vegetation. Um, it kind of not. Not that she was talking down to her, <clears throat> but you know, she was talking from a point of, of superiority. Of like, all right, calm down, like. This, I can go toe to toe with you. Yeah. yeah, I just can't wait to see how uh, you know what the Kate Man's like in this. I mean, Kate's that exist in medieval times, right? Yeah, hell yeah. Okay, good. Uh, put some, dude, 
If he could figure out how to fly with a kite that puts him on the equal level with the elves. <laughs> I, I just want to see him jumping off like the top of a castle. <laughs> uh, yeah. well, what's the what's the uh, medieval slash fantasy equivalent of the phrase "hell yeah"? Because you, you you wouldn't hear that in a that time <laughs> setting. <laughs> it would be something affirmative. Uh, you know, you'd still use "hell" probably. But yeah, but he would say "hell yeah." Yeah, it would be you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd have to look up the phrasing. The. Though, hell, dust. I don't know. That, that sure is the weirdest sentence. I don't know. I, I I don't know medieval speak. I'm pretty sure that was like you hell does, is what you just said. <laughs> I just went for some generic medieval sounding things. Okay, all right. That's right. Darn ace of steel, Matt. What are you giving it? Who? What are you this one? Oh, you eight point five. The art is also fantastic. I don't think we we talked about Poochery enough, but um, yeah, it the it's good. Okay, Carl. Yeah, I know this is high, but I love this book, and I'm a mark. I've been a mark for this book since the bloody announced this. It's not really surprising, but I, I'm at nine. I, I just, it's stupid and wild, and I love it. Look at Connor using a little bit of wrestling lingo on his uh, yeah. sentences. That's not wrestling. Say you're a mark for something. That's a wrestling thing. Oh really? That's been like so much, so much for literally hundreds of years. <laughs> what was that, Matt? I didn't hear you. Connor oh. was rudely speaking over you, was it? I said it sounds like Connor just watched Nightmare Alley. And, and <laughs> I've not watched it yet, but uh, also to to you, you to being Mark, like you know when 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 you're pulling a scam on someone. Well, that's where they're, they're they're the I, yeah, I'm familiar with that that context. That's that's this that's is, where the this term is an comes from in wrestling. Yeah, but I, right. I, I I associate using like saying I'm a mark for something. I've never heard anyone use that for anything outside of wrestling. Oh, I definitely have. Because no, I don't yeah, watch it's... anything wrestling related. I heard it. No, no, no. But it it does have a common usage. It's just when it comes to wrestling, it's more of a fandom term than you know an easy mark. Um, yeah, obviously yes. In the, in the context of like con people, like having a mark, mm -hmm. like yeah, I've heard it in that context. But that's very yeah. different to saying I'm a mark for something because you're a fan of it. Saying I'm a mark for something is a lot like saying I stan someone. <laughs> and I hate that. I hate the <laughs> Those people forgot the point of that song. Uh, I know. I was listening. Yeah. I was listening to uh, a part, uh, the wrestling part. I won't get to listen to much of a tangent. Yep. But I heard someone say MGF is basically the 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 stan from the Eminem video to to CM Punk. That's his character. And you I was like, the, that's, that's perfect. That, that's, that's perfect. perfect. <laughs> because that's the right usage of the word stan. Stan is not a positive term. Yeah. Well, I think people. Well, I I think people who started using it know that, and it was kind of an ironic thing. It's just it became such a normal right. thing to say that now the internet's just kind of bastardized they, it. Into... They've taken it just as as another word for for fan. Yes. they've no. reclaimed it. Yes, right. They've reclaimed the slur. Essentially, so I I can't find hell yeah in old English or in old like there's it just wasn't there. It would have been like you know. Like hell, just in a different spelling. I bet, I bet he just know? yells "jolly good" before he jumps off. Jolly the good, kite. yeah. Jolly good, and just <laughs> jolly good, my good fellows. Jolly well, my good fellows. <laughs> off he goes. Uh, my rating is. I mean, I'm not as high because I mean the fantasy stuff doesn't obviously appeal to me as much. I'm liking the mismatch of things. Uh, so seven for me, but uh, I'm glad you two are super into it. <laughs> uh, see what you did there. 
but I mean, it's given me material to prod Matt with uh, evil Superman jokes and things. So I mean, on that alone, it deserves some credit and merit. So it's evil, <laughs> like uh, Superman. <laughs> Who is it? All right. Justice League Incarnate. This is Joshua Elmson writing with Dennis Culver as well, actually, and yep. Andre Bresson and Jesus Marino on the art. Final issue. As, as someone who's not been mm. reading this, mm-hmm. the the reactions that I have seen online, and again, I don't know if this is representative or just the, the yeah. ones I've happened to have caught, have not been super hot on this, even people who were kind of enjoying <clears throat> the book in general. It's, uh... It's definitely a prequel to the the next crisis. I, I've heard it's kind of the consensus seems to be well. This was kind of a mess by the end. It's a bit of a mess, especially when it rushes things like now Orion's the leader of apocalypse and stuff like that. Stuff just kind of Which, feels really quick and whatever. There were so many balls in the air that a couple of them got dropped, but the ones that were still juggled are fine. Like you know, like I really like the two-page layout early on, where uh, Doctor Multiverse and Avery kind of like snap the the Justice League incarnate out of the the, the, the trance or whatever, haze. right? So, yeah. and you get this kind of roll call of all these characters being put back and into I, themselves. And I like how the uh, the Thunderer realizes, you know, being basically the Thor slash Superman yeah. of this world, and that it, he is still a god uh, at the level of other, and that he can bring the ultimate yeah. storm down and, so, and save the day. Yeah, so they basically stop this thing from destroying the universe by blowing up this planet, mm-hmm. this Earth on Earth 7. Is, this, is it Earth 7? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Earth Seven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I also find hilarious, being that this was the Marvel equivalent, right? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, they blew up the Marvel to, universe. They save. Yeah, they were forced to sacrifice it <laughs> to, to the darkness. Uh, that's pretty funny. So effectively, two two big things happen outside of the opening stuff and like Orion becoming the ruler of Apocalypse. Mm. Uh, is that Darkseid follows the Empty Hand into the the portal into the Great Darkness, mm-hmm. and. He's like, I'm dark side. I will never be controlled. I, you know, I, I do, I, I don't, I answer to no one. So on. Yeah. And he's in just complete darkness. Like it's a completely black page and there's just this text talking to him. Uh, this ominous voice kind of like speaking from the darkness. And it's basically suggesting that, yeah, the empty hand is the right hand of this, this force in the mm-hmm. great darkness. But dark side, as much as he may or may not know it, is actually the left hand. And he's the fist. He's the fist. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Darcy's like, no, that can't be. I'm Darcy. I work for no one. And the whole idea is, is that he's been conditioned in this darkness to sort of like, basically, this is your place. You're part of the body, right? Because the last page right. is like, you know, remember when we talked about uh, Dark Crisis or maybe it was mm-hmm. just like 75, whatever it was, they had the, the cover and it has all the villains uh, on yep. the one side. We basically see us like a, you know, a silhouette, a tease of all these villains, including Darcy in the last page and saying to be continued in Justice League 75. And it's like, okay, this is set up the villains, the team that is now part of this body that is the mm-hmm. Great Darkness that's coming for the, the heroes. Uh, and just like Incarnate, I thought it was a bit weird and made them feel kind of small and weak. That It gets to the end of the story and like, shit, we better go back to Earth Zero and get the Justice League <laughs> because we can't deal with this shit. <laughs> we need them. I mean, just so the fact though that it's been such a mess and they had to retreat into the bleed and as they can see the bleed is also being affected by the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like the ultimate Hail Mary is they have to go to the prime Earth. Um, yeah, obviously. I don't mean Earth Prime, but yeah. the, the main crux, Earth, 
yeah, yeah. that's Earth, where everything's going to come from. Earth Zero is the one that we're, we're you know, mm-hmm. that's what it's called now, but yeah. Uh, the other main thing that happens is that they, they do try and quickly rescue Barry by, what well, they, they think they're going into the portal to the Great Darkness as well, but they actually end up in, like, Earth Flash 1, which is, like, right. a, a created prison to, to hold Barry Allen, and I did like that the art goes very Silver Age, I thought it was nice to yep. see Barry looking like that. But he's in, he's, you know, he's, he's not really thinking like himself. He's, he's sort of, like, entranced uh, in this world and doesn't, like, yeah. recognize them and uh, or recognizes some of them, but sort of misunderstands who they are. Uh, yeah. But he's super smiley and happy, like he's been mind-controlled or like he's it, been conditioned well, or whatever. It's a prison of his own design, yeah. right? Like, this is everything that he's wanted. It's this family. It's the Flash family getting together, and even a young Wallace is there. Yeah. You know? And Pariah shows up, and we know he's somewhat involved in this because that was teased in those mm-hmm. big one-shots or whatever they were that came out a while ago. So it says that he's working with the Great Darkness, and that's kind of neat. And I like that Doctor Multiverse, like when she looks at Pariah, is like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. Like I'm getting the same feeling from him that I got from the Empty Hand or whatever. Like I'm getting mm-hmm. like he's be outside the multiverse. He is something else. That he's scary. We have to run, and they do run. So Barry's still trapped in this place, uh, and the others all just retreat to the bleed. And that, that's the that's the main things you have to take away from this is that they try to save Barry. He's trapped in this kind of like dedicated universe for, for himself and mm-hmm. uh dark side is kind of like assimilated effectively into the, the body of the great darkness as part of that that group um and that's you know and that part i i like the tease of the villains at the end i like i like all the stuff all the stuff with dark side being like kind of spoken to and being broken down More, until he yeah. became part of this 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 it's, body of people i thought okay that's kind of neat I, I like this idea of setting up the villains for this big event it's, but, it's almost like dark side had come to the anti-life yeah yeah uh but yeah the stuff like with them like i like some of the art but some of the stuff yeah. with them snapping the others out of it and the you know the stuff with orion now becoming the, the leader of apocalypse mm-hmm. Like, a lot of that just felt really shoehorned in and messy at the start. And there's, mm-hmm. like, every issue of this has had lots of, like, scenes where there's, like, you know, eight people having a conversation and saying, what do we do now? And, you know, things are hopeless, so we have to all decide what we're doing. And mm-hmm. usually, it, it, you know, as much as I like the two-page layout where Dr. Multiverse and Avery do snap out, like, the Justice League Incarnate who are all possessed and mm-hmm. sort of, like, vibrate them back into the right, like, multiverse or universe... Mm-hmm. It still just kind of felt like it's what, very clunky. It's, it's one of those. That... It's one of those things where it just pulls out an explanation and says, "You know, if I can, if Avery, if you run yeah. fast enough, I can vibrate them into the right multiverse." Mm-hmm. Use them, and I'm like, "Okay, oh. I'll take your word for it." This is just, you know, it's the same. I'm it's the same shit. Sure, it's what Doctor Multiverse's powers are. Well, it's it's just it's the same shit from the back half of his Flash run. It's the same sort yeah. of like. There's just a lot of like. Just here's reasons that will explain why contrivances. Yeah, like just made up science nonsense out of his ass yeah. kind of thing. And also, it's a bit clunky where they're like, "Dino Cop," and they give his real name. You are half bad, half dinosaur from Earth, whatever. Um, and it's all very silly. It was very Power Rangery. Yeah, but Dino, but not- I mean, Dino Cop is like so amazing as an idea that I'm okay. Yeah. Any time they can sort of say it like that, I'm, I'll, I'll take it. No, I know, but but then they do everybody, you know, um. And it, yeah, it just it came off very cheesy. But I want to talk about this last page mm-hmm. and all of these villains in the darkness. Like this is a heavy hitter, like team. Yeah, um, I mean we talked about what the team was back when that cover was revealed. But 
Um, uh, maybe I wasn't here for that because this was a surprise to me. Oh no, we yeah we talked about this cover then, and they were all on the cover. So uh, okay, so I, I must have missed that episode. Yeah, because I don't I don't remember talking about that. But yeah, we got a clip. So we got uh, Doomsday, Necron. Necron, Upside Down Man. Um, who's the one with the mohawk? Is that because uh... it looks like an Omac, but it also could be the Sparrow. But there's not a third eye. On yeah, there's no th- yeah, there's no third eye. It's not the Sparrow. Um. um I thought I thought that was uh maybe Aries, no? Ah, okay. That was an Aries helmet. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um. But then the but em- yeah, empty a- hands at the top. That's what that is. Yeah, and that's like a very big, and then Pariah as well, and um, seems like these are all the biggest villains for each, you know, of the Justice League. Uh. But yeah, I've still no idea what this Dark Crisis is actually going to be. Uh, I know that the Justice League is quote unquote dying at their hands. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, no, this I like this last page quite a bit, and it's kind of good it wasn't spoiled by <laughs> that cover. I, I, I like the like the, the tease into Justice League seventy five. I thought was solid enough, but the the, yeah. the the issue itself and kind of the arc as a whole yeah. is kind of messy. And no, this and Infinite Frontier kind of have the same problem. Yeah, is that they're they're forcing to set up a lot of stuff without yeah. being their own thing. And they're overstuffed. There's maybe too many characters. I think mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's this uh, desire in comics to include everyone when it's these big events yeah. and have like a big team and all that. But uh, it's a bit too much. And well, I enjoyed a couple of the beats with some of the characters. Like honestly, like. Captain Carrot didn't need to be in this. Like he, you know, like no. he didn't really add it and was or never used was as as an essential part. Um, no, he's just there for comic relief. Half the characters it's... that were possessed could probably be taken out with it. Like the ones you need are Doctor Multiverse, Avery, President Superman, Doctor uh, Batman, Doctor Batman when he was here. Yeah, uh, like you know, you you could cut like half the characters and it would probably be better mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I don't like the characters; it's just because no. it's just overstuffed. It's just a bit. Yeah. There's only yeah. so much room, but hey, uh, yeah, and the arts, you know, the arts, uh, fine. Like you know, like I, I yeah, like this, the Silver Age looking pages. I kind of liked in the Flash Earth. Um, it's been consistent across yeah. there. Like, it's very, it's it's very house, always been a, it's very house style, right? It's this. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like across all the issues, it's nothing. It's not great. It's not bad. It's you know, you're gonna get an issue of Justice League Incarnate. From, from there but the, it's never going to be the art that stands out hmm. um except for that you know silver ag fairy stuff that stood out against the rest of it um but it is curious that williamson who spent all that time writing barry you know puts him off walls him off in this area so you would assume that maybe he might be the key in bringing the justice league back when it's all said and done you know um because he's he's not there in the justice league right now right no, no. I mean, none of us know. We're not reading Justice League, so. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I just feel that's a, almost a tell. He spent all that time with Barry. I feel and... like he probably is still in the Justice League right now, but he probably, like, all, all of this arc probably takes place between mm-hmm. Justice League 74 and 75. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's my, that would be my guess, but I mean, sense. I could be wrong. Uh, So, yeah, what are you rating Justice League Incarnate issue 5? I'm going to give us a 7. 7. Um... Yeah, probably like a six, I guess. Uh, bit messy. There's some things I like in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited for the event, but 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I hope that because the event is the, the the big main event that he's been building to that it actually doesn't feel as sloppy as some of these lead-ins have been. Uh, and I'll start, I mean, I've had a decent time here or there reading them, but um, if, if, if it doesn't like, become a bit more focused and a bit more like, oh, this is Williamson really proving himself, he's going to be kind of become like a very like B-tier event writer to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his first one for, for Rebirth was the Justice League versus Suicide Squad that was kind of a you know, and that was that was, was definitely a B tier event. Like, yeah, yeah that's... so that that's how he started. So I mean, well, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I'm I'm crisis fatigued, and event fatigued at this point. Um, I'm a little bit Williamson fatigued as well. Yeah. I'm honest. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, all right, Batman: Killing Time issue one. Tom King writing with David Marquez on the R. Uh, your Batman mini, the Tom King mini, although notably mm-hmm. they promised that this was less of these prestige types books and this was more of a just a, oh, a typical classic Batman six Which, issue story. I feel like they're mumbling or they're jumbling that up because I like his prestige stuff, right? Like I do, so, but I think his Batman stuff in particular uh, yeah. has not been as good for a long time. So Right, and I get that. So for them to come out and say, oh no, this is, this is in continuity, I was like, well... It, most people are probably going to check it out anyways. I mean, if not for King, the Marquez art, like, you know. Yeah, but um, I mean, anyway, the, the point I was I was getting to, though, is that um, I actually think it fulfills that, and that as I was reading this, I'm like, yeah, this doesn't sound like a Tom King Batman story. Like, like his yeah. run doesn't feel like Batman Catwoman. It feels well, like, yeah, this just feels like a random Batman arc that someone could have written at some point. It, it definitely, it almost feels like the animated series. And I wonder if that's on purpose. Yeah, it's set, um, it's set in the early days of Batman. This is, you mm-hmm. know, back when Catwoman was more of a villain. Uh, mm-hmm. The plot is about uh, Catwoman, Riddler, Penguin, and Croc have Croc. all teamed up to basically steal an item because Croc's actually mm-hmm. robbing a bank, but the robbing the bank is just a distraction, so Batman's it's... not catching the other stuff. Yeah, so Riddler has this plan to steal something, and there's there's multi layers to this yeah, big robbery. It's, it's jumping around a lot. You know, it starts off with Croc walking into the bank and it keeps giving you the timestamp and the narration. Yep. And it's like, okay, so they're bribing this guard and it cuts back to the guard at the Iceberg Lounge the two nights before. And then it shows you Selena who's impersonating like a tennis instructor uh-huh. and the wife of the bank manager and then so on and so on. And it's, it kind of yeah, bounces I had to, around. I had to read it carefully a bunch because it said Selena, you know, uh, is teaching tennis and, you know, to this lady, but the lady she's teaching it to looks like Selena, and Selena has blonde hair. So I was like, "Did did they mess up something?" Um, and I was like, "Oh no, she's running a scam." Yeah, so she's undercover yeah. to to yeah. waiting to strike. Um, so it's actually a very well put together issue where everything mm-hmm. does kind of coalesce. You know, eventually Gordon hears there's a bank robbery. You know, it shows you what time Batman sort of gets informed that and shows up. It was a great full page spread of him jumping in front of the signal. Yeah, I love the part where Bruce has to fight Croc, right, to mm. save someone in the bank. And he's like, you know, Batman lost two teeth in the fight. Croc lost seven. <laughs> it was such a, like... I want to say it was more... It was normally like 13. I feel like it was in the teens. Oh, shoot. If you have it, correct me, please. Uh, it was a lot, though. I'm going to find it. Hold on. Okay. The, 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 the fight in here... Uh... 
this jumping back to the vault. Um, uh, oh, here we go. That's the. Oh no, yeah. that was that was a big punch. Where is it? Um, Batman loses two teeth in the brawl. Croc loses thirteen. I knew it was a teen. I remember thinking that's a lot there of teeth. To lose. Yeah, <laughs> and I just I I like just the point of like, it's just a point of fact in the, you know, in the breakdown of what happened. Yeah, and poor, um, poor Crocs. So Croc knows that he's just the distraction and he, he's going to go yep. back to Arkham, but he's agreed to do this for a large sum of money because he wants to pay to get skin grafts so that his ex mm-hmm. or his girlfriend who can't kiss him or be with him as a monster that he is now will be with him again. And the he money is so much better. Yeah, and the money gets delivered to her at the end. And it kind of feels like she's probably just going to do a runner with this yep. money <laughs> and not yep. wait for him. And, uh, with the plan, so Riddler goes to the bank manager to get brought into this vault that he even really can't access. And part of that is the part of the pressure on him is Catwoman having his wife hostage. Yep. Yep. That's who she's teaching tennis to. And there's just layers to this in that they steal something out of a you know, one of the, the lock boxes. Yeah, safety deposit. Box, yes, they box and-, and ultimately what this becomes at the end is what's in the box and batman seems to have an idea because when gordon's mm-hmm. like saying no they just took one thing they didn't even take like bags of money or anything he right. says was it vault number five and he's like yeah how'd you know that and then yeah. you know, we have like riddler and catwoman looking into this box and going oh shit yep. you got it so it's like yeah. we don't know what it is There's some, no. the, the item has been built up now i'm like genuinely curious yeah. what this is that's causing this reaction in all these right. characters and wasn't Riddler getting it for Penguin, and then Catwoman takes off with it? Uh, maybe. Because they go to do an exchange, um, and it doesn't go go well. Um. Yeah. Um. But uh, I mean, Riddler ends up attacking Penguin. Um. Mm-hmm. And they see the signal, and that's when they decide to disband because they're having their meeting after they've all done their thing. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it kind of sounds like Penguin is the one who arranged the whole thing, but yeah. uh, they're double crossing them right here at the end. Um, but I am curious. I'm curious to see what this thing ends up being. I thought they were going to reveal it by the end of the issue because they'd already teased it, you know, enough. Yeah. But uh, uh, the, the end of the issue is Gordon on the, the rooftop with a bat signal. Batman asks, Was it Vault number five? And Gordon's like, oh, is this something I should be worrying about? And he turns around and Batman's just gone, you know, as per usual, and he just mm-hmm. goes, shit. <laughs> like, this is something serious. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's something serious. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I had fun. It was a romp. You know, it was it was well told. It was a romp. I like yeah. the issues and all these villains. It it doesn't feel that Tom Kingy, which is weird that they kind of promoted it that way, but it was accurate. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also just with the characters involved. But yeah, you have a Riddler. You have a penguin. You have a Catwoman. Uh, the the same week the Batman comes out, almost feels like a of course, yeah. I mean, opportunity. I, I'm sure that's intentional, but yeah. it's um. But know, hey, it, it's set in you know the early days, so we've got these mm-hmm. more classic versions of all these characters yeah. that are in place. So. Yeah. That's uh, it. I read this before I saw Batman, and I was like, man, if Croc shows up in this movie, I'll be very <laughs> excited. You know. Oh, I'd uh, love if Croc showed up in the next one. That yeah. would delete me. So. Uh, but it was it was it was a nice fun read, which you can't always say with Tom King because usually his other stuff is so heady. Like yeah. I love Human Target, right? But you end up finishing that and your brain's still going. With this, once it was done, I was like, oh, I wonder what's in the box. And 
that was just kind of it. So uh, it was nice, nice and light and a heist, which this yeah. is kind of what I wanted more from in his Batman run. So this delighted me. Yeah, and Kara clearly didn't read it because he's not said a damn thing. No, I'm not Tom King anymore. Look, this was my only day off this week. <laughs> I had things to do. I had to read all my books in We're... like an hour before we started because that was when I got home from running my errands. So, and I was like, did you have really the intention? Want to read? I, I had, I was looking, okay. it was a maybe, it was a maybe. Uh, yeah, and then I was like, oh my God, it's another Batman book this week. And, Who are uh, you, me? I just, I thought, there, was, there was a lot of Bat books this week. And then I was like, oh, it's a Tom King Batman book. Yeah. yeah. My, my comic guy that does my pull list was like, I thought you were done with King Batman. I was like, yeah, this is six issues. He's like, you're the worst. <laughs> you're the absolute worst. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. Ah, decent time. Obviously, the art's really mm-hmm. nice. Uh, yeah, Marquez, and... uh, Marquez getting to draw all these different things. I mean, yeah. Batman looks great, and Batman's not—it's like Batman's not a main character in this. It's definitely—it's no. more of a bouncing around what the villains are up to. It's them mm-hmm. performing their, their their little heist. Uh, yeah. I'll be curious actually if next issue it still bounces around the villains and sort of keeps Batman at arm's length, or if we do switch to like a Batman sort of, or if, or if it focuses more on like Gordon and Batman and that side. Yeah, pers- yeah, which we shift perspectives a little bit maybe next issue. I feel. That's the point of the book, is that, that it's called Killing Time, mm. is that it's all this almost not it's not disjointed in the way, but it's out of order because we keep jumping back. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if this theme of jumping around and time stamping mm-hmm. the scenes to build mm-hmm. whatever the narrative of each issue is right. maintains like a, you know that's a consistent yeah. theme that we play with. I don't know, maybe not, but uh Yeah, not like Rashomon, because Rashomon's all about the different perspectives, but we're getting like you know what Batman was up to when when Selena was at the tennis, you know that kind of stuff. Oh, I don't know and if it, we'll get that. I, but I'm still, I'm just, no? I'm just, I'm just thinking it'll play with the idea that whatever it's focused on in issue two, it'll do the same sort of mechanic again, where yeah. it will jump around the, the 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 three or four characters that are doing something at the same time or within yeah. the span of a few hours and. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. So. Well, I'm definitely gonna check out issue two. That's for sure. Yeah, no, it was a nice, easy read. Uh. Yeah, well, you written the book, man. Uh, I'm going to give this an 8. I think that's pretty fair. If I, I'm going to agree with that, I think I'll go with a nice mm-hmm. solid 8 myself as well. Uh, just a good fun time. Uh, Alright, uh, so that'll take us on to Monkey Prince, issue 2. Gene Lung Yang writing with Bernard Chang on mm-hmm. the art. Uh, and I had two Patreon books, so I did opt out. I tapped out yep. on issue 2, but Matt did read this, so Matt's going to yep. give us... So I'm curious. I'm curious the cliffhanger of him getting decapitated. Yeah. I'm curious how this is going to yeah. play out. So, so, so the the power that makes him the Monkey Prince is kind of like the Speed Force. Where you don't really have to explain much. It's just the Monkey <laughs> Speed Force, bro. And, I ain't got to explain shit. Yeah, and that as long as he's in monkey form, it's not that he's invulnerable or that he can't die or that he's immortal, but it it takes a lot. So. If he transforms while his head's apart, he's dead. But as long as is um what's his name? Shifu Pigsy gets his head back onto his shoulders, and that's eventually what happens. But not not before Davian takes a lot of joy. He's like, Babbitt, look, it's still twitching. <laughs> um, so so are we saying this is summed up to just monkey prince bro? I ain't gotta explain shit. Is yeah, and everything for the rest of this book. 
Yeah, and that's my kind of my main problem is it it really like I like that Yang is telling the story of the Monkey King, Monkey Prince, you know, who's like this archetypical superhero from Journey to the West. I just want a little bit more clarity because at least when it like when it comes to Shazam, who I'm going to compare because same kind of mystical issue where they change bodies, but the kid inhabits the hero's body. At least we know, like, the powers here with Shazam run from all the gods and the wizard. And here with everything, was it, it really feels like you need a kind of basis in the Monkey King stories. Like mm. a familiarity to fully get everything. Because, like, at a certain point, he starts burping the clouds again. And they they surround the, the bully that's responsible for him doing that stuff. And I just, I don't get it. Like, there's just a lot left for you to not even interpret, but Yang's really not holding your hand. He's just like, this is Monkey Prince. But um, he, uh, Shifu gets gets them out by transforming his ears into like big, like, not wings, but he makes them bigger so he can create these gusts of wind to uh, distract Batman and Robin uh, to hop up on his cloud and get away. Which um, Bruce kind of goes hard on Damien, where he's like, "We've never faced these guys. Discovering a new opponent weakness requires intense focus," uh, and kind of blames Robin for them getting away. So just like the voices are off a little bit. Um, Penguin's got a thing going on where he's been possessed by this demon um, that, and he's draining people of their key. Uh, so he's demanding. Uh, Monkey Prince, oh, what's his name? Um, the kid. Uh, why can't I remember his name? It's not showing up on any pages. Um, but they're demanding his parents bring him more people to drain. And he has this big monstrous form where it's clearly Penguin, but he's like almost dragonized. He has a like a horn growing out of his head. He's all gold. He's wearing armor. Um He's still squawking, but he demands more. Um, and uh, Batman and Robin are investigating. They find these, you know, drained out bodies that are left. Um, the kid wants to hope that this is all just a bad dream. Because after he gets away from, from Batman and Robin with, with Pigsy, he tries to remove, like, that crown that he wears. And he warns them, Pigsy's like, you can't just get rid of the power like that. It shows you. Um, so as he's taking a shower, it forms back instead of around his head on his chest. So he's got to go find Pigsy at the school. Uh, but he runs into his crush. Oh, his name is Marcus. That's right. And I found it. But he runs into his crush and Damien, who claims to be a reporter for the school paper, who just starts grilling the new kid um, because... He weirdly jumped into a pool fully clothed. Um, and then the monkey prince came out of the same pool, but he kind of disappeared. Um, he just claims, like, uh, Marcus claims it was a dare uh, by the bully um, and that he does this type of stuff all the time. It's how he decompresses. But the um, his crush invites him to come to, like, a... Like, 
like how to deal with stress class or club at the school that she's a part of. Because uh, she's telling, you know, she can feel that he's he's all worked up about stuff. But yeah, it's as he starts panicking about this, those burp clouds come up and they start to go around the 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 bully, like I said earlier. He finds uh, Pigsy and this is where he tells him, like, you can't just get rid of it. It'll keep coming back. But this ringlet, you know, wherever you want it to appear on your body, you just have to think about it. But you can't just get rid of it. Um, and he gives him his magic word, which is the Chinese word for, for transform, which and if I butcher this, I apologize, but it looks like it's beyond. Um, so again, a lot of parallels with Shazam. Like he's got a magic word. He has this power that he doesn't quite understand. Uh, and, and that's where it, it leaves that uh, he's going to become the monkey prince. Um, and then there's like almost like a, a post credit with this, this, penguin who these uh demons come over from uh, they, they claim to be servants of the great ruler of flame planet and this guy shows up wearing a dark hood his speech bubbles are all red and look like flames and says that um uh he hungers all the the key because he's been infested by a demon um and that their path uh, their path to immortal powers they must consume a saint or a hero it says in our current times the eight immortal powers have been dispersed amongst the heroes of the realm consume enough of them and we'll be unstoppable um, so now Penguin wants to go consume Batman and that's where the issue leaves and I'm going to give this one more issue I know it's a limited series but it just seems very much in its own realm and like the voices for Batman and Damien are kind of off like uh, this almost feels like it should have been Black Label. Does that make sense? Mm. Like, just kind of let it exist in its own form instead of trying to tie it into to other DC stuff because it just, you know. But it's a fun read. Like, if, if you don't have anything else going on, it's, you're not going to waste any time. But it's just, it's very weird. And you know me, I like to be able to look up stuff and get an understanding and there's not a lot. Like you have to get really into the Monkey King mythology. I don't have that kind of time on a Wednesday with eight other books. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. But um, the art's pretty good. The inks seem a little bit different. Um, they seem a lot heavier. So it gives the art as not a clean, cleanly look. But it's still, you know, fairly decent. But um, I'll give it a 7.5. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So that will take us on to Arkham City, The Order of the World, issue six, Dan Waters and Danny. So final issue. Uh, so much like Justice League Incarnate. So that's, you know, we're, there's a couple of things ending this week, making room for new stuff starting next month, presumably. Um, this it jumps ahead a little bit. We find out it's been like a week and a half since the end of the last issue, which was uh, the, the group going to... to Professor Pig's lair, mm-hmm. his factory, his workshop, whatever you want to call it. Slaughterhouse. Uh, slaughterhouse, there you go. Um, and Dr. Joy has been kind of working, doing her job there. Uh, it's, it's kind of like questioned later on, someone points out that this is actually Pig giving her treatment by letting her feel like she's doing something useful, because this is what she does. Yeah. She, you know? Pig's running an asylum, essentially, yes. here. 
Uh, Peg's running his version of an asylum where he he wants people to be free, so they're they're all just sauntering around. But one of the big things that this issue is revolves around is that she's going around to all the patients and saying, "Hey, are you really okay with what Peg's about to do? He's going to let someone out, right?" And we don't really know who they're talking about for a while. Uh, but obviously, you cross the as she's talking to more and more people, you're crossing names off. You're like, okay, well, it's not them because they're already up and about. It's, it's not him because he's already walking around. Uh, it's not Doctor Phosphorus. It's not Vampire Lady. So and so on. And she tries to talk Pig out of doing it. It's like, no, we're different from Arkham. We don't have cages. We have whatever. Uh, and then it turns out that, that she's talking about Asriel. That's who it builds up mm-hmm. to. Asriel is in this like really medieval cage thing. <laughs> He's like bound, like yeah. in the cage. In um, looks uncomfortable. Like, I, yeah. I want to know what this device is actually for. What's I mean, it's a slaughterhouse, so yeah, yeah it's probably. I, I don't think it takes that much imagination, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a holding. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's probably for putting like a cow in or something. Yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. I mean, it's a pretty. Well, well, the point I'm making though is it's a pretty unique structure, uh, mm-hmm. and she's begging everyone not to let him out uh, because she knows that Asriel is not like the rest of them. As soon as he's let out, he's going to start fighting the rest of them, and that's yeah. just going to be chaos. Uh, and Pig's like, no, 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 he's had enough time to understand what we do here. He's, he's going to be like everyone else. He's one of us, he's one of the crazies, so he's going to get the no. same treatment. And yeah. would you believe it, when they let him out, he just, you know, his sword flames Whips up. out the fiery sword. Yeah, and just starts, like, causing chaos it's... and hacking and all the rest of it. It's not been a good week uh, or two for Asriel. You know, throwing <laughs> kids off of bridges, going after these reformed Arkhamites. Uh, which, because it does seem like Pig has changed the way they treat them, right? It's working, right? It's it's unorthodox right. treatment, but like ten-eyed man. It's just giving them, room. yeah. It's it's giving them all the stuff that they need to do, right? So like Rat Catcher's running through a maze because that's what he needs to do with his main. Yeah, well, it, it's and... explained at the start that uh, Pig has kind of evolved a little bit, and that he's not just mm-hmm. trying to perfect the face anymore. He's trying to perfect the mind, so that's why he's yeah. kind of obsessed with fixing them all. Yeah, which I I love that because the pig that we saw early on seemed very sinister and just yeah. like a monster. Well, I think it, no, it's, I mean it still is a little bit because it's not like when we because we say fix, we would mean you know mm-hmm. cure and rehabilitate and right. be a normal member of society. Whereas mm-hmm. he's quite happy to turn them into like the like I, the the perfect version of who they are, which is right. Like, like so, you know, so rat catcher right in a maze. Like that's not really right. curing them, but no. But and it keeps and him they are, safe and stops him. Yeah, it, it's more humane, arguably, right? right? But right. in that, that's also Pig knowing there's a there's a twist to it, right? Because like when he makes the Dollatrons, he knows he's removing people's faces and putting porcelain ones on there, you know, and turning them into something that he wants them to be. Um, and like so, him and No Face are insistent on them releasing Azrael, right? Like they won't listen to Doctor Joy. Uh, you know, which also goes in with Pig and almost that chaos, right? Where it's still just a bit off. Yeah. Uh, so when all this is going on or predicting it's about to go on, uh, Dr. Joy does, you know, call call the police. And, you know, Stone, who's been our main cop, whose kid was threatened last issue, is like leading the charge. Uh, and he's going to shoot the ten-eyed man, but Doctor Joy intervenes and jumps in and gets shot instead. 
and then Terry Man bashes the head of stone against the the, the wall, uh, mm-hmm. presumably killing him. And the end of the issue is that Terry Man goes out into the city and is like basking in the moonlight, you know, practically dancing. And oh, there is there's that panel where he's bending over backwards, yeah, like the pose, yeah. like very much dancing. Yeah, and uh, Doctor Joy's narration is just kind of like as she is dying, like oh she she's, you know she she's. She's made him feel free. She's helped at least one patient, technically, yep. and maybe that's enough. Yeah. Uh, so it's a, pretty, it's a pretty sinister ending where she's basically just been consumed by the by the city she's been and by, by the, the madness. Yeah, the madness. Yeah. So it's very uh, Lovecraftian in that way, right? Like mm. it's all about the madness, and you know, she eventually got pulled too close and into her demise. Um, but I like what Tonight Man tells her was like it's one of those things of. You know, I told you I'd be safe as long as I do my rituals. And tonight, man, did the rituals, and you know, her taking the bullet for him kept him safe. Yeah. So in his mind, it worked. Right. And, and who's to say it didn't? Right. And it's one of those, you know, type things. So, um, but yeah, no, I was not expecting this ending like this. Like it to be so. Uh, what's the word? Bleak. Like. What's that matter? It's. it's, it's Bleak, Bleak mostly, yeah. even though th- there's like a, a bittersweet tinge to it because you yeah. know, the Tenite Man has his moment of freedom, being free and not presumably not going to hurt anyone immediately. It doesn't, doesn't feel like he's off. No, but he has to replace those things. eyes. Yeah, I, 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 I felt like Bleak was the only way this was going. I was not expecting any remotely happy ending. I no, think. I was expecting Bleak. Well, not a yeah. happy ending, but just I expected her to almost be like you know, get pulled in almost that she gets driven insane as well. Hmm. Not that, you know, this is actually going to be her death. Um, I mean, she does get drawn in and potentially goes insane first. So yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she has one moment of clarity to call the police, but otherwise, yeah, you could argue that she is just off the deep end and maybe has been this entire time. Right. Uh, yeah. Whether that was a day that did that to her, whether it was just working with all these types of patient for years, mm-hmm. but you know, the madness got to her. I do love the page uh, where you see like like all of the various villains chained up from Azrael when the police are arriving. Mm-hmm. It just has a very kind of Hellraiser look to it, mm. which I kind of dig. So, thought that was nice. But yeah, oh, it's, it's a it's a decent ending to to this story. I don't know if the story the the whole arc overall is exactly what I thought it was going to be after that first issue because I still think the first issue is my favorite issue of the whole thing. Yeah. Um, that's fair. But uh, I certainly did enjoy a lot of the, the twists and turns, though. It's probably not what I expected it to be, but I enjoyed every moment of it. Hmm. So I'm not mad about that. No, I mean I, I think it was the right length. I don't think this is something that should have been like, you know, twelve issues around like that. I think six was the right amount. And yeah. uh, you know, so it's done. Like, it will be a trade now. It'll mm-hmm. sell a little bit <laughs> copies yeah. it'll probably sell a reasonable amount just based off of the Arkham name tends yeah. to have uh, enough pull with casual audiences that people might pick it up and check it out because of that alone I think fans of the you know, of either the artist or the writer will you know check it out and it'll do well think, for that reason I think fans of either of those definitely should check it out yeah. if they haven't already for whatever reason but because I think it definitely you know it delivers on on what you expect from, from both yeah. of them because I, I, I think it appeals probably more to people who are fans of either the creative team or both 
than it maybe does like i, I think some people will buy it because it's called arkham city but i think a lot of people who buy it because it's called that might not necessarily get what they're expecting or be happy with what they get because that's it is probably like, true yeah because it's a weirder you know take on things but uh that's not to say that i'm saying that that's a bad thing because i think it's great that it's unique and different and it's yeah as, thing. as someone who likes waters and really likes danny's work and you know came into that first issue excited because of them and had even though it didn't go where i expected from the first issue tonally i think it like it delivered on the feeling the atmosphere throughout based off of yeah. that first issue yeah and i think in that way it's definitely a success yeah uh all right ready read it then we've written the finish mm-hmm. all right uh matt were you giving it uh i'm gonna give us an eight okay uh, I'll go with an 8.5. Alright, 8 and 8.5. Um, I'll stick with the, the fly as well, like Matt, but there you go. So that's cool. Uh, Alright. The Nice House on the Lake, issue 7, James Tain in the 4th with Alvaro Martinez. Uh, obviously, had been, been loving... Yeah, obviously we'd been loving this book and it went on the break after issue 6. Um, and I will say, I was very confused for a good bit of this issue. Because, <laughs> okay. but, that wasn't but, just me. Well, because no, there was like a moment like where I'm like, they kept like, Walter kept interacting with him like he was just one of the group. And I'm like, I'm sure Walter was the name of the one who did this to them. What's going on? <laughs> and I got really confused. And then obviously as it went on, and it kind of like made it very clear. I was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. I, I get it, I get it. Because it's reset things. And now he's like, you know, now they think he's been there with them. This is like phase two or, yeah. or attempt number two yeah. of the whole thing. Uh, well, maybe more. Maybe, maybe more, yeah. But, uh, right. It, it may be yeah, way further down than two. But you know what I mean? It's like a new version of it. Yeah. Yeah. So if this is like a science experiment, right? And that Walter was supposed to just let it do what it needs to do and collect the info. This is him getting directly involved to get the endpoint that he's looking for. Um, yeah, because that's the thing. Now, because he's there, one of the characters, uh, is it Nora, I think, uh, uh-huh. who was there originally in the first six issues, is now the mm-hmm. one who's like trapped separately and being kept in the dark. And every so often we cut to her and she's you know, talking about being trapped there. Yeah, and it's... And those pages are phenomenal. Don't yeah, because... Yeah. The art is fantastic throughout. Right. But those pages are just the blackness and just the figure, and it, it gets a little bit closer on the figure each time we cut to that page. Yeah, it, it brightens uh, up, because it starts with just darkness, and then the next time it gets to it, you see their outline a little bit more. Yeah. And then eventually in the... Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, because she talks about... Because this is the trans character, and talks about how mm-hmm. Walter had a crush on her, you know, before she transitioned, right? So back mm-hmm. when, she, uh, what, was it, what was her name before she transitioned? Norm, there you go. Uh, and kind of talks about how Walter's this controlling guy and has always been this controlling guy who's trying, even before he had like, oh, this, like, uh, you know, the alien experiment or whatever it is, he mm-hmm. always tried to intervene and try and make sure couples would or wouldn't break up and so on and so on. There's a lot of talk about that in this issue. But this idea that, this was part of, of this character that Walter didn't see coming and didn't know how to process and, like, mm-hmm. sort of... Nora at least thinks that Walter kind of resents her a little bit for this because mm-hmm. it's, it was like a swerve to him that he couldn't kind of foresee and didn't right. understand it. And maybe it does is kind of hurt that he had a crush on the person she was before 
and right. it never is really understood that that's not really who Nora was. And like, so there's some mm. interesting like things being explored there uh, as we yeah. go through those pages. And then the rest of the issue focuses mainly on Molly, Molly. The, the redhead, um, who talks about how the, she used to work a lot with Walter, uh, keeping the other, the other couple together. And how yeah. he kind of became attracted to her, which was weird because she thought he was gay, but then it turned out he goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of this awkward thing. Um, but it's kind of seeding their relationship and how they're they're still kind of close in the house now that he's there and now that he's part of the group. Yeah, it was a friendship that was based off of, she calls it uh, in her narration, like a diplomacy back channel to where uh, when, when Norm... <clears throat> was dating, uh, was it not Reg? It was Ria, it's Reg, right? No, Ronnie was dating Ronnie. They would fight and then break up. Or not break up. They'd fight and then go complain to one another. So then they would talk about the stuff, which then Walter and Molly would bring up to them from a different viewpoint. And then they would make up. And they almost bonded over the fact that they, when they were making up, they didn't like to be around, uh, all that because you could hear everything and yeah you know so it became this this actual friendship and from what i got from the storytelling is like walter legitimately cares about molly like in a different way like like what we saw with with uh, nora right from from that is that they he actually cares about these people so it makes me wonder what exactly is still going on yeah, he definitely seems to at least because I mean, there's yeah. a reason he picked these people in the first place, right? Is because he right, cares about. but like, but it's also each of them represents a different thing, right? And like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's, it's like, for a while, and it's all this. It's, it's also this controlling thing, though, where mm-hmm. he does kind of see himself as knowing what's best for them and not letting them right. also choose that for themselves. So yeah, that's a source of conflict that is constantly coming up right. in this. Um, even if he, even if he does genuinely care about all of them and has right. all these feelings, like. Ultimately, what he's doing is still wrong. I mean, that's obvious, but like, right. it, it is something that just comes up. Uh, but yeah, so we sort of see him though. Obviously, mainly interact with Molly and go for a walk with her. But he does kind of go around others and even kind of joins in because they've got like whiteboards up and they're trying to figure out yeah. the like what the situation they're in and mapping the the surrounding yeah. area and figuring out what the rules are and they start talking about asking can, can for buildings request a new building yeah, yeah. and because they even joke oh maybe after a couple of buildings we'll get like a, a theme park <laughs> like let's get a theme park yeah we yeah. can build one yeah, the comedian guy says that in uh, yeah. like, they're also like yeah let's uh, request like you know an antenna we'll get better signal yeah. and they're like that probably won't work anyway they're like yeah, but if it does and we try in six months, we'll be really annoyed we didn't try it earlier. <laughs> yeah. Well, well just yeah, the fact that he's, trying, right? he's almost like manipulating them here now, too, because of how, without his presence, how it went off the walls and how they figured everything out on their own. And here he's... Control group, isn't it? Yeah, and so now he can kind of get them to make the decisions he needs them to. So he suggests, oh, maybe we should try another building... Yeah, and if someone else like, suggests the antenna, leading them in in direction. Yeah, like, hey, maybe yeah. try this, maybe try that. And that no one, because of this, no one has found the other house like they have before. And that the reason that he suggests the second house to build, like the basically the conspiracy room, um, which after reading this, after finishing the first uh, Department of Truth, is quite hilarious. Uh, Time definitely has a certain handful yeah. of ideas that yeah. he is processing in like three or four different books at the same time in different yeah. areas. And so 
that so it's so Nora can see all of their friends, you know. Uh, yeah, with like the two-way mirrors and stuff like that. Yeah. Right, without having to interact and with them. I think also part of this, this idea of like the work-life bal- balance of like the, the mm-hmm. work being the try to figure out the situation they're in and the problem solving yep. is like by separating that and making the house more residential, he mm-hmm. is almost driving them to like focus it like because even if they think oh the, we won't focus any less on it we'll just keep it separate mm-hmm. so we can have this place be a home and not covered in all this stuff it will right. inherently kind of maybe make some of them just get more relaxed and There's maybe a, stop trying to I figure mean, things to, out the exact thing he says he goes, i think he just has it doesn't want to trivialize uh yeah i don't want to trivialize or, or avoid what's happening here and it's like that's that's exactly what you want it's like not mm-hmm. in not in such a maybe sinister way. I mean, yeah. well, I mean it could be, but more like it's just okay. It's separate. We got work life oh, balance. That like, said, oh. though, it does kind of sound like he wants them to figure something out because when he yep. talks to Nora at the end, he says that his goal is like, no, you need to figure this out, and then once you do, I need your help. So it's not just that there's an experiment here; it's that he's going to use them for something. But he needs them to figure it out in a healthy way. Yeah. Right. In 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 yeah. a way that doesn't just make them go off the rails. Hmm. Well, and it felt like Nora was that powder cake character because just the way she is with with the you know she is a rebel. Uh, maybe why she was the one that was removed. Yeah. Right. And versus versus Reg, who has seemed to, you know, now there's two artists in the house too, which I'm wondering if that's part of the different dynamic. Yeah. Um, and it also makes you wonder it, if this is maybe it's just the second try. If it's more than the second try, then has every single try been with someone different removed mm-hmm. to see? That's how what it, I was thinking. Because yeah. he says he decided to play it a little differently this time. This time. Which doesn't mean that this is the second time, but right. it means obviously we know it's at least that, but it could right. be a lot more. And maybe and, maybe he has tried it with other people. Well, and there's that moment with uh, Reggie where I think it's Reggie anyway who asks a question because he's starting to like, mm-hmm. you know, basically question things in a way that where he's questioning Walter. Um, and well, then, I just forget you asked that. Yeah, and he just, you know, he, well, he deforms in the way that Walter does first because he's like, oh, no, that's quite, I don't like this question. Ah. Yeah. And then he like does his, you know, his voodoo magic or whatever that, and makes him forget. That's some great, again, the lettering touch. Obviously, he's completely deformed, but mm-hmm. when he's doing this hypnotic command, uh, mm-hmm. I, I suppose is what it kind of is, that the lettering completely changes and it's got that that kind of floaty warped look to it, which yeah. is yeah. really effective. I mean, obviously this would have worked without a break, but I think this like new version of like or this new attempt at the experiment, starting off with this issue, actually really fits well with the break. It feels like <laughs> mm-hmm. it feels like there was a natural point in yeah. the narrative to have the break, as opposed to just oh, well, yeah. we needed it somewhere. And, and yeah, may, don't may, wrong, I'm sure they did need it somewhere because. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. it's it's well, it for any been, to do it all. It may have always been planned, and they just didn't announce that there was going to be a break until when they did. It may have been from day right. one they knew there was going to be a break in the middle, and they just never told us until issue no, four it, came out. It totally works. Yeah, as, as like a season break almost. Yeah, you know, because like when you would come in, and now everything's changed. What what's still exciting to me about this is it's easy to overlook that. Yes, this is a twelve issue mini. Mm-hmm. But kind of explicitly spoken, this is kind of like book one of this saga. That they're, they're like, mm-hmm. yes, it oh, will function a... completely standalone, but there is more to be told after. Which I am not surprised because now that we're like in the back half, effectively of this, I'm starting to get the feeling like there's more to like this overall idea that this 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 book's yeah. not going to be done with by once, the end of issue twelve. Yeah, once we finish issue twelve, I feel like there's going to be a bigger door open 
and there's going to be something else we didn't even consider. Like, like it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, maybe they f- they figure things out and to some extent in mm-hmm. issue twelve, and then like maybe we'll hear what he wants help with, and that'll set up book two, yeah, or something like maybe. that. You know, it's it's really you know we're using that term book one and two, and I think Tynan is as well because he uses those phrases on a lot of his work where That's... he talked about like the uh, the first fifteen issues of uh, something that's killing the children are the first Erica Slaughter novel. And then there's like a mm-hmm. five-issue arc, which is like a break, and then the new issue that's just coming out, or just come out at 21. Or, or maybe yeah. a word that we, we're starting to use more with, with comics as seasons, so maybe a little... Yeah. Maybe, maybe well, the, the reason I'm going to say his book specifically for Tyne is interesting, because one of his Substack ones, the horror one that just came mm-hmm. out recently, is three parts, but it's shorter, and he, he describes it as a horror novella. So again, hmm. he's very much using the, those. Uh, sure, I, I I just mean in terms of marketing the second run. I think season two is easier to like. Right, it's easier to understand. I think if you just say that. Whereas if you say book two, it's kind of confusing because it's like so, well, it's comic book issue one of season two or book two or whatever. I mean, so it's an interesting choice between using literary terms versus. It's, I mean, TV it, it's easier when it's collected. When you've got big hardcovers, which is just book one and book two, that's really easy. But it's a bit different when you're releasing the single issues. I think. So. So when you said that with the something's wrong with children, Connor, what's that sideways book that's off of it? Uh, so that's a spin-off based off of one of the other characters. Uh, okay. Which, you've not started reading that book yet, have you? No, 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 not yet. So, but... um, so there's there's like a, I don't think it's too spoilery. So there's an organization. Okay. Called the uh, the House of Slaughter, which gotcha. is what the the, the, the other book called. is called. That's right. Um, and so it follows. The first arc follows one character from that. I think the second okay. arc of that's going to follow okay. someone else from that yeah. house. Gotcha. So it's not part of the overall, as you said, Erica Slaughter novel. No, so Erica Slaughter is obviously a character that's part of that organization. Right. It's the name. And gotcha. the main book will be following her story, yeah. plus some extra little bits, because I had like a five-issue arc uh, that, that wasn't part okay. of the, the main novels, as he's calling them. Okay. But, uh, to get uh, back onto uh, this issue here, I, I just want to clarify that the final lanes... Because uh, we, 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 we keep saying they need to figure something out, and I think that's still partially true, but the exact phrase he uses is, I want to convince you that what I'm doing is right, and then I want your help. So, uh, part of this, which is interesting, because they don't know that they're in this experiment by him Mm-mm. right now. Uh, so I think it's interesting that part of this is that like they need to all accept and understand that this needs to happen. At least from his perspective. Maybe they'll never agree mm-hmm. to that, and that's why we end up in this... Uh, apocalyptic looking future <laughs> eventually right. mm-hmm. but uh or maybe that's part of the plan maybe that like they need to go through that to eventually get to the answer that's part of the process right. but either way yeah. uh you know we're still we're still building to that in some fashion mm-hmm. uh so yeah uh, pretty good also i love that uh they added a character key to the back of the book um at least the physical did yeah i didn't get that in the digital one yeah it's not in the digital one Oh man, that sucks. Uh, yeah, there's a character. I don't have my physical. I think that's probably the one that that variant cover was that mm. time. Mm. But it's got all the characters listed, and it was very helpful going back and learning like the like Molly is the the uh, mathematician mm. one. Mm. With I, the... I think it's really as I noticed again. We've probably spoken about this before, but it's been a while, so I kind of forgotten a lot of these little details. Yeah. Um, all their symbols on the. Yeah. Cover. There's only ten, even though right. obviously it's been going through one each issue, but there's twelve issues, and there's right. only ten symbols on the front. So what are they going to do with those last two? That right. makes sense. They may be more of an ensemble, or one's going to be Walter. 
and that's why right. it's not one of these symbols. Could be, yeah. There's, there's lots of options. Yeah. Uh, but really great stuff. Obviously, the art uh, by Martinez is great. It's, just, you know, it's the same moody, mm-hmm. slightly dark and alien as that, it's, that it felt before, uh, but notably very good with expressions, very good with the the conversations and the, you know, the, I think it's really noticeable those because you know, it's that effect with Walter where the glasses like are just completely flat and hide his eyes, and it's really it would stick out anyway. I think regardless, but I think it's how good the expressions are with the eyes and every other character that it really sticks out that he doesn't have that. So it does mm-hmm. make him feel distinctly alien compared to the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. So. Also, um, Belair's colors I think are they're, they're always great, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this issue in particular, what stood out to me was. The uh, the flashback at the start of uh, you know Molly and and Walter, uh-huh. um, the vibrancy of those colors like mm-hmm. they feel yeah. so you know so much brighter and more vibrant than than anything else. And it's not that the rest of the book feels dull because it it, it doesn't. It's no, just everything's a like, little bit duller in comparison yeah. to the those to to that sequence. At the start. I have the idea with that really is that this is genuinely a a happy memory for Walter. Yep. This is a happy time. It could be that. Yeah. It could be more just that was the, this. That, that's reality. Well, reality is okay. Of... No, it's brand. This here, it's this artificial construct well, of the, you know, good, where but... they're living. But I'm also working with Pete because this is so far this book. A lot of the stuff that's like that has been kind of dipped in tragedy. And here, this memory where they're recounting the relation, or Walter's at least remembering the relationship, it does come off positive. Um, yep. there's, there's very little tragedy there. Like even just Molly as a character, I don't remember her through the first part of it, but here she seems like she has it more together than almost anyone else. You know? and I wonder if that's from the relationship with Walter. Right. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. No, super intriguing though. Good character work, good art, uh, intriguing mystery. Every issue, this has been a treat. So, I mean, there's really nothing to complain about. Uh, Matt, what are you giving Nice House in the Lake issue seven? I'm giving this one an eight point five. Got it. Seems like I'm consistently skewing a bit above Matt this week, so I'm going to give it a nine. Hmm? Yeah, I'm also going to give this a nine. Excellent mm-hmm. issue. Return to form. Happy to have it. And, you know, it was it was kind of a week. Where I had a lot of sevens and stuff this week, so it was kind of, it's kind of nice to have one that I was really passionate about. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to have at least one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. There you go. Uh, that's uh, all the new books. Now, I do have a couple of Patreon books. Every month on patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. You can go over, you can go over there, and if one of the higher tiers, you can make myself a corner read a book. Uh, these are both my February books. Uh, very busy last few weeks on the show between news and uh, solicits and things like that. So uh, I'm catching up now. So I'm going to kick it off with American Vampire issue 23. Uh, so this is the, the 50s stuff. This is Travis, the, the greaser uh, fast car racer character who hunts vampires and as expected the, the, the car he's racing with that's got the the, the, the the kind of girlfriend you're the one who is like recruit you know luring guys boyfriends back home for the vampires to kill but he knew it was going to be vampires and he killed them that was the last issue uh, and we ended the last issue with her being in the trunk uh, of the car that he's racing with and it's Skinner driving the car the, the, the last page of this issue actually finally has him say like this asshole Skinner sweet, right? And but it teases it throughout. It's kind of obvious it's him. He even says at one point he needs gold, not wood. 
to 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 fight this vampire. Uh, so that's all good and well. Um, yeah, uh, but we get some backstory where he's very badly kind of mistreated as a kid. He's this uh, like because of whatever happens to his parents, he's like he's basically at a sanitarium. Uh, there's a nun, there's a scientist, a doctor who's convinced that he needs, like, severe treatment. He ends up getting, like, sh- like I don't think it's shock therapy exactly, but they're, like, they're considering doing, like, a lobotomy, but, like, through the eye, because they've got a new technique where they put, like, a needle through your eye, and it's, like, it sounded, like, grotesque. Uh, but a lot of this issue is the car chase. It's, the, it's, you know, it's all the speed lines, it's the cars, you know, scraping against each other. Uh, Travis is talking about how he doesn't really care that the the girl he was with is in the is in the boot of the car. He's like, "This is going to stop me." If he thinks it's going to stop me, he's got another thing coming. Um, and it shows you actually him running into her at the motel the day before because you know he's he's left. He moved on from the town where she lived, and she's kind of followed him and she wants to go with him. And she she's worried that. Uh, vampires are hunting her and he, he's he's always paranoid the vampires are, and she says that to him like they're running scared like the vampires that were forcing me to work for them like they didn't really know you by name but they like they spoke about you like you have a a reputation like your your, your story's getting around that you're, you're killing vampires but you know the the big action comes to a, uh, a big sort of crescendo when he starts throwing molotov cocktail cocktails at the uh, other car <laughs> uh, as you do um and the car is basically on fire and this girl is like in the back of the car trying to reach out and he does actually get up in the hood of the car and he's reaching out his hand and he's trying to like save her uh and the car in front is just completely on fire and she's like trying to rummage through his bag to get his like special gun that's got gold bullets for skinner so yeah skinner's like jumping from this flaming car onto his car and it ends with a full page of him like on the front of the car and um the main character Travis says his name's Skinner Sweet, so not super surprising, by any means. You know, it's it's exactly what you you sort of think it's going to be. Um, but I mean, they are really good. Like this is the thing. Like I think this issue and the last issue were super quick reads, and I think it is because so much of it is this car chase, uh, which isn't a complaint because it is it is really it's got a lot of adrenaline. It's uh, it's done a really good job of giving you this sense of who this character is and his attitude, and he thinks he's this bad boy. He thinks he's he's you know he doesn't have a heart. He doesn't care about people. But I think over the course of this, like even though he keeps turning this girl down, saying no, you can't come with me. What we had wasn't real. It does kind of feel like him warming up to her is going to be part of this arc and part of like his like becoming more human. Because what he doesn't realize right now is that his vampire hunting badassery has kind of made him not that much of a human himself. So, in a more spiritual sense, he has to kind of find his humanity and realize that he isn't just some creature of the night like the vampires are. And I'm being distracted because every so often the sound of yeah. Matt's fan is I'm, just... I'm, I'm, ra- I'm going to mute my mic. Just racketing into the, the soundscape. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a good time. And uh, the hints to his like sort of dark backstory where... They were going to give him a lobotomy, which is, you know, they don't, like, sort of finish that. I'm assuming we're going to get more of that in the next issue. Uh, gives you a little bit more of a, a scope. Uh, but we know we know vampires killed his parents, right? That's the, that's kind of his motivation. He's, he's kind of, he's like greaser vampire hunter Batman, effectively. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's, that's what I'll go with. 
Uh, but Art's really good. Um, he's a sort of fresh, a breath of fresh air compared to like some of the because uh, we'd be kind of bouncing around a lot of the same characters from the last few arcs. Uh, we had Pearl, we had we had Book, we had um, Cash, and we were bouncing around those characters. So it, it was kind of nice to get this this fresh character here who's younger, and uh, so far it's it's kind of really playing with the idea of this new generation of like young character because there's even like some of the narration early on is talking about how oh there was a scientist on tv talked about how teenagers brains are different they want things fast and uh now and they don't think about the big picture of the long game um and he's sort of talking about that in relation to like him hunting this vampire and like no he is thinking the long game he is thinking ahead uh but i think kind of the irony there the dramatic irony is that that's not really that true because he is just so focused on hunting vampires that he's not thinking about the long term of anything else so yeah saw this show uh saw the eight out of ten i would say uh, that's american vampire issue 23 so uh very good and then the other book i've got to do for patreon is animal man issue 17 and this is you know, the last issue was the the one in I think it was Paris, which with the with the the, the clock based villain, <laughs> uh, and all the wacky shenanigans that came from that. Uh, this issue actually has uh, a sequence set in Glasgow of all places because uh, we're dealing with Mirror Master, and there's another hitman who comes to tell him that uh, the the job's been taken from him and given to this new guy, uh, and he wants like the plans for Animal Man's house, and the guy obviously Mirror Master's like oh you know, sod this, and starts messing around with them using mirror tricks. Uh, they have an argument. Uh, it kind of cuts back and forth to this a few times. There's a great moment where uh, the other hitman tries to shoot him, and then when he tries to shoot him, his entire, like, world just cracks and smashes like a mirror. And, like, Mirror Master's transition to him being inside a mirror world. Uh, it's a really neat transition. It's a really fun little moment. Um... And what's interesting here is obviously we get a Scottish character being written by a Scottish writer, so there's actually a lot of little Scottish bits of slang here or there mixed in, which is both authentic but also kind of weird. Like I, I'm not a big fan of slang being written into dialogue <laughs> in comics, uh, even when it's my 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 own local slang. Uh, it's it's just kind of weird having characters uh, say things like that. You know, what's an example here? Uh, you know. How's it gone? Like, for example, be, being written in here from Mirror Master. It just feels weird. Hey, on TikTok, I see a lot of people writing in Scottish. Mm. And it's like Dunne, D-O-N-N-A-E. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just like, okay, I get why Pete gets annoyed now. Every, every so often, like, Scottish Twitter will, will like, yeah. for some reason, there'll be something that means it gets onto my feed, and there'll just be, like, 10 tweets that are all, like, Okay, I have to actually decide for these. Give me a second. Yeah, Connor thinks he's had a stroke well, for a half is... second because it's close enough to English, but it's not. Well, I even yeah. have to decide for them because, yeah. like, yeah. it's slang. It's not supposed to be written down. That's the that's right. the part. That's the weird part right. of it is that reading it's actually difficult, even for me. But let's say if if you just say it, I understand everything it's saying. It's it's not understanding the comprehension. It's what are these words? Because my brain doesn't <clears> see them written down often enough, so I have to go. What 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 does this actually say? Because there are Scottish people like that I have encountered on Facebook or social media who insist in typing in like slang, and it is just annoying. 
especially mm-hmm. when it's mixed with like text speak because they still you know just put you for oh. you and things like that and it's like oh this is just like this is just absolute <laughs> trash i'm not reading this it's it's like that, that <clears throat> sometimes you'll get um retweets with like headers of like brand new sentence because you can't make out what they're actually trying to say because it's all slag and as you said text speak yeah you're like, I'm pretty sure that sentence has never been said before. And don't get me wrong, like, there are exceptions to me not using or liking this, like, you know, just before everyone calls me hypocritical, because I do like typing the phrase moan then, uh, which means come on then, like, to fight. Uh, moan then. Like, I do think that one's pretty funny. I don't know why I think that one's funny and I hate every other one, <laughs> but that one's funny <laughs> to me. Uh... Do you know what I think it is? I think it's the, the meme of the squirrel holding out its arms with the, the moan then above yeah. it. it. just made me love it. I think that's all it is. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... If I ever complain about this issue, is that I don't know if the previous issues kind of set up that Animal Man's doing... Because like, obviously he's vegetarian now. Uh, he's doing a lot of stuff, like protecting animals and environmental stuff. But he's, he's kind of with a group this issue who sneak into like a, a lab who's doing animal testing. And they rescue the monkeys that have all had their eyelids like sewn shut because they're doing oh, no. like eyesight deprivation studies or something. You know, some bullshit. But they're they're basically like eco terrorist kind of things where they set fire to the place afterwards. And one of the big parts of this issue is that later on he finds out that one of the firefighters who just went there to fight the fire uh got like burns over most of his body and he's in hospital. And it's like, this is like something he was involved in. Now, he's not the one who actually threw the Molotov. He even tries to, like, say, no, you shouldn't do that. But it, but it happens anyway. So he has to st- sort of deal with the guilt of that. And he's going to, like, give... He's going to quit the GL... Uh, I? I think about that. I. Uh, and he's going to give his last paycheck to the firefighter to try and help with his recovery and... Uh, he's like done being a superhero he feels conflicted about all this and you know and Ellen gives him a little bit for it. Uh, his manager Roger gets really upset at him for like being involved with this um, I don't know if the previous issue set me up that he was like doing things like this where he's putting on a ski mask and breaking into places with a group of people like this that felt like a little bit out of nowhere to me because this felt shady just from the get go uh, but other than that I like, like the guilt he has over everything and like like him struggling with that uh there's also teases for other stuff uh, at the end of the issue is this character uh james highwater who we see early on in a car and his hands like go invisible for like a minute and he's freaking out but he just he needs to get to the animal man and he mentions uh, i know why i know now what the psycho pirate knows uh so and this is only a few years after crisis this came out so mm. uh some psycho pirate stuff around this time frame is, is kind of interesting um, so you know, and, you know, and there's a nice, there's a nice scene where he gives, you know, he, he catches Cliff eating a burger, and he sort of gives him some shit for it. And Cliff's like, "What? No one else is a vegetarian at school. Why am I being so weird? Even the cat's eating meat. Why don't I get to do it?" And he kind of says, "Look, I'm not going to make you n- never eat any meat, right? That's kind of your choice." But I, he tries to explain to him, it, it's a little bit lecturey, you know. It's a little bit like every time you eat a burger you're contributing to climate change for this this and this and he's right this is the thing he's, he is right he is the yeah. is a tasty uh so i want you to be aware of all that so you can make your own choice uh and so on and it is interesting though him giving his son this lecture when he finds out a few pages later that he you know something he did led to a, an innocent person being injured you know a firefighter being injured because of something he did because it's, it's not like a lab technician who was doing bad stuff the animals came back and got injured 
It was someone some, trying to help. Yeah, it was someone mm-hmm. who was just there trying to do their job. A pre- you know, and relatively speaking, we we kind of look at firefighting as a fairly noble profession. That's just mm-hmm. something we need in society. Uh, heroic, one might say. <laughs> um, so it, it's kind of like okay, he feels quite bad about it. Um, and he ends. He's, he's going to a talk show. He's booked <laughs> into a, a talk show uh, where he's going to debate. Um, kind of what he's doing, like uh, you know, dealing with animal cruelty and things like that. And this, this like just shithead who's like debating with them. He's like, "What about free will? Should should you really stop someone who's hunting a fox when they see that as acceptable?" And Buddy goes straight to the Nazi comparison. Well, should we not have stopped Hitler from doing what he was doing because he saw that as acceptable? And it's just like, all right, all right. <laughs> and Joe, you know I liked it, but this stuff is actually quite smart in the writing. Is that when he went straight to that, it felt like I don't know, like. He's got a point in what he's saying, right? It does work for the, the point he's making. He reached for it a bit early. But he's reaching for it a bit early, and it kind of feels like he's he's struggling, and he's jumping to this extreme comparison because he's maybe losing the fight a little bit because he's, he's not, like, think, thinking with a level head. And sure enough, he immediately gets bodied because the, the guy, like, you know, says, oh, you're comparing uh, what happened to, to Jewish people to animals then. That's what you're saying. He's like, no, you're twisting my words because he is. Like, he's being, like, this, you know, spin doctor. And... Buddy, Buddy's like, look, I'm a human being, I make mistakes, I can't always be right about everything. And he's obviously feeling bad about the firefighter as he's saying this. And then the other guy's like, well, that says everything then. He just admitted he can be wrong about things. And so he, he sort of loses this debate, and it's a really frustrating thing, because, you know, anyone who has any sort of critical thinking can sort of see that he's just being flustered, and he's he's still ultimately saying the right things. What he's saying is making a lot of sense, but the other guy's making him look bad. Um, it's a sort of crap you just get frustrated at when it, you know there's mm-hmm. any sort of political debate happening, but um, but sure enough, but Buddy tries to tell like, the 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 guy from this group that he's not going to do this like stuff with them anymore, and he's quitting the superhero business, and he flies off. But the cliffhanger at the end of the issue is that this guy who was like, his hands were turned invisible at the end of the issue is his legs are turned invisible. In fact, I should probably be more accurate here. It is less that they're turned invisible. And it's more like the comic art is regressing and it's only the line work that's left of his body parts is maybe a more accurate way of saying it. Ah, see, now I know which part of the run you're at. Ah, there you go. Uh, well, it looks kind of invisible because it looks like the sort of effect you might do to show that they're going invisible. Uh, but it's really more like the just the, the basic pencil sketches of his legs that are here at the end. It, it is more meta than just invisible, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's basically saying, help me, Animal Man, help me. Uh, so we're we're getting to uh, you know, I presume the more meta stuff in the book. Obviously, we've we've teased the, stuff the like more this before. Morrison stuff, you yeah. might say. Uh, but we're we're getting into some weird territory here. Uh, but yeah, it's it's basically setting up that there's still a hitman who wants to come after the 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 Baker family, and we also have this new character who is being undrawn, <laughs> whose coloring and ink work is is disappearing <laughs> at random. Uh, so. Everything is setting up is super interesting, and Buddy dealing with his guilt over what happened is really cool. I did just feel like it kind of like came out of nowhere that he's doing this kind of thing with this group. Like I felt like I should have seen him do something like this with them before. That was maybe didn't you know, didn't have the dark ending, but oh, he's doing stuff like this with them before. And maybe if if it happened and I've forgotten about it, then it's my bad. But I I don't think I'm forgetting. I don't so. remember you mentioning it. Yeah, so I don't Not like listen entirely. But yeah, you know, obviously he's been doing things. You know, he went to like. Uh, 
you know, help with the dolphin thing and that. But that wasn't breaking in with ski masks and like doing like vandalism and theft and stuff. You know, this this is a bit more. This is basically the characters at the start of uh, Twenty Eight Days Later who, unbeknownst to like to them, unleash the uh, the rage zombie virus into the world. That's more like what it's like. So, yeah, uh, good issue though. Um, like I say, uh, obviously you get the unique part of the art, which is that this guy is like regressing into like being undrawn. But uh, the other stuff uh, is you know by and large it's just the regular artist that's been on the run. Uh, it's, it's very consistent. Um, I think you know the 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 chimps or the monkeys at the start who have their their eyelids like stapled shut is a pretty grim visual. And it's on the cover as well. You know, the cover's just Buddy holding him, holding one of them with the. I don't like that. Yeah, it's, it just looks super cruel, and that's kind of the point, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, uh, no, solid issue. Uh, that this one was less fun, of course. This was not like a fun hijinks issue like the last one was. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, I would probably give this. <clears throat> I'll probably go with the. Eight. I was tempted to go seven point five because of like how out of left field one of the elements were early on but ultimately everything it's teasing for where it's going and everything it does with uh buddy's character i really like so i'll, I'll still go with the eight i think but uh there you go that's animal man issue 17 so that'll take us out the part of the show where we pick our favorites of the week favorite panel slash moment favorite cover uh favorite artists and top five books so uh, we'll start off with matt and his panel slash moment of the week Okay, so I'm I'm gonna do the Matt thing here, and but it's not gonna be Ivy. I know that's what everybody was thinking, mm-hmm. uh, but true. it's gonna be the the final page of Justice League Incarnate because I didn't see that coming because I missed it <laughs> unspoiled, uh, and and I just liked seeing like putting together this was the the people that are responsible for the death of the Justice League, and they're all very heavy hitters. So um, yeah, like these are all crisis level villains on their own. But now they're teaming up. So there should be a funny one. I'm a little disappointed it's not these heavy hitters and then like crazy quilt. Cold snap. Or cold yeah. snap. There you go. Cold snap is just yeah. like there as well. <laughs> that should have been. That really should have been. Alright, Carter, what's your panel slash moment? Um <clears throat> despite everything in that book, I'm gonna go with the panel from Batman. Um just after we switch to the Molina of Abyss, just in the mm. streets with the neon signs. I think that's just a gorgeous panel. Yeah, some good stuff towards the end uh, in the art of, of Batman, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I have... Like a, I mean, I'm tempted to say uh, Cal slabbing Bruce with the kryptonite just to upset That was Matt. almost my choice. Just out of the sheer, just not out of enjoyment, but just the shock of like, oh, oh, that's what we're doing. Like, it was such a big moment. Yeah, yeah, there's just temptation. Not going to lie, there's a bit of temptation. Uh, but I think I'm probably going to go with Nice House in the Lake, and maybe, mm-hmm. maybe even the final moment. Like it's something about, and then I want your help. But something about that that line is just really catching. It's like, oh, that just mm-hmm. completely shook up like where we're going with this. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah. so, uh, bit of intrigue, I guess. Uh, all right. Uh, cover of the week. I'll dive in here first. I will say. Uh, the variant for Arkham City with Professor Pig is monstrous, and oh, it's very, it's very reminiscent of uh, McKean stuff as well. Yeah, which obviously for Arkham Asylum. So dug that quite a bit. Uh, not quite winning for me, and because I'm not always into the Middleton covers, but I will say the Middleton cover mm-hmm. for Dark Knights of Steel 
uh, does look gorgeous. gorgeous this 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 particular issue. Um, but the pick I'm going to have to go with is uh, the Matina cover for Batman. Uh, really? It's just my pick this week, yeah. That's not all interesting. That one's not doing that much for me. I just, uh, it's just simple. Uh, obviously, there's a couple of uh, Batman movie variants for some of these as well. Um, yeah, I really like the Behemoth one for, on Batman. One, yeah, two, yeah one. it's a nice cover, but I, I like the Matina one a bit more. So uh, that's what I'm going with. Uh, Matt, what's your cover of the week? Um, so my cover of the week is going to be from Dark Knights of Steel because I can't help myself. But mm-hmm. That's where it's going to go. But I want to give shouts to the Fornes Detective uh, variant. Actually, because what, it's... which cover though, Matt? From Dark Knights of Steel? Oh, I'm sorry, the, the main Dark Knights of Steel. The main one, okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But the. The Fornes detective um, has the uh, what looks like the Black Hand. I think that was the organization. The Black Glove. I can't remember. Uh, and the Batman is there an R on mm. there, and it's very mm. technicolory, um, and it's it's very nicely designed. So, so. Unrelated to anything in the book, but I like it anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Connor. Yeah, I was really tempted to go with that Arkham City variant. Just. It's just very striking. I'm actually going to go with the Nice House on the Lake variant, um, the Ferrerum. Uh, it's just, you know, the, the, the statues, the monoliths that, that are scattered around. It's just a page of those. And it's just, it's a, it's just a striking image. Yeah, cool. Um, all right. Uh, so, Art of the Week, Connor, you can start us off in that one. Oh, um,. Probably nice house in the lake, but Arkham City is a very close second. Yeah, uh, Matt. Uh, Dark Knights of Steel. Uh, that's very fair. Um, if 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 all of Batman was the Molina stuff, mm-hmm. Th- that would have been in contention, but it's uh, yeah. it's not right. I would I would have picked. Um, I almost want to give it to Marquez. Because I think his art was fantastic and that, killing that'd be time. acceptable. But well, I th- I'm, I'm going to go with Nicest in the Lake. But it's, 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 it's close. It's close. It's not... Do you know what? It says a lot about a week where one of the weakest things, probably the weakest section of art in all of my books, you know, or one of, one of two of those was was Yannin's yeah. half of Batman. And yeah, Yannin's great, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, good good week for art, I guess. Uh, in that sense. Uh, okay. Everybody, top five. I think everyone's done their best art. Yeah, yeah we're okay. on top five. All right, top five then. Matt, take us take us away. Uh, number one, Dark Knights of Steel. Number two, Nice House on the Lake. Number three, uh, Batman Killing Time. Number four, Arkham City. Uh, number five, Batman Detective Comics. Okay, Car. Hmm. It's a toss-up between Dark Knights of Steel and Nice House on the Lake for number one. I think I'll edge it to Dark Knights of Steel just for the shock value as well. Uh, two for Nice House on the Lake. And then Arkham City. And Tech. That backup helps. And then, then Batman. Okay. Well, as tempted as it is to go with the uh, the issue that proves that Batman's a better Superman than Superman, uh, my number one <laughs> is Nice House on the Lake. Number two is Batman Killing Time. Number three is Arkham City. 
Number four is Detective Comics, and then number five is Dark Knights of Steel. So there you go. Uh, that's the books. And I will tell you what's coming next week from DC Comics, so let's have a look. Uh, we have Detective Comics 1056. We have The Joker 13. We have Superman Son of Kal-El issue 9. Uh, second part of the Nightwing crossover, so that'll be interesting. Uh, we got Batman Urban Legends issue 13. Batgirls issue 4. I Am Batman issue 7. Future State Gotham issue 11. Trial of the Amazons issue 1. Which I think we'll, we'll probably be giving a good proper try to. Partly because we should try it and partly because next week's quite late on books we actually read. Yeah, so. I, was, I was gonna try it anyways <laughs> yeah. since I've been reading Wonder Woman the whole time. So. But, you know, like, it's a late week for what we read. Uh, so there's also Just League versus The Legion of Superheroes issue 2. Matt's definitely checking that out. Uh, it's a favourite book, I hear. Yeah. Nubia no. and the Amazons issue 6. Superman versus Lobo issue 3. The Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries issue 12. And Naomi season 2 issue 1. So, um,. We're going to do Trial of the Amazons, and, and you like it, you're going to want to do Nubia, Nubia and the Amazons 6. That's, that's part, part two. two. Oh, yep. good point. Yeah, okay. Well, no. oh, well that's so bizarre. Yeah. Isn't Nubia, is that not a miniseries as well? Uh, yep. Yeah, so this is the final issue. That, that book is... Yeah. Oh, I, I thought at least that, because yeah. I saw the Trial of the Amazons tag on the cover, and I assumed that was like a prelude, like yeah. that was the final part. No, no, issue no. six of your six-issue mini is part two of an event. Well, uh, well, we'll read Trial of the Amazons, and obviously, if anyone, if if you know people like it enough, yeah. read read that as well. But uh, we'll, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see how we felt. <laughs> yep. But yes, yeah, so yeah, later week next week, which means I might even get ahead on my Patreon books by doing one next week, just to you, you know go. make use of the, make use of the light week because it is a light week. Because uh, I only have what one two. Three, including Trial of the Amazons, I have four books. <laughs> so, oh no, if you five, like that, you Naomi. got five. Yeah, well, I've got five, yeah. including Naomi. Actually, I forgot Naomi was at the bottom. All right. And if you like Trial of the Amazons, then you got six. Yeah, you so, got yeah, that, that's where I'm at too. Yeah, so it's so, so like a week, so that's okay. Uh, yes, and obviously Matt's going to be talking about uh, Legion versus Justice League. Uh, so I, I, I am not. <laughs> Oh, well into existence. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's what's coming out next week. I will take this time to thank our Patreon producers for the month. So thank you very much to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordenow, Christopher Moy, David Brown, Al Traisman, and Alison M. Fordyce. Uh, they are Patreon producers. Of course, you can support us over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as a dollar per month and help keep all the content coming. Uh, the $5 tier in particular, uh, you get early access to the show by a day. Whenever it's ready on the Saturday, uh, you'll get it immediately. Uh, versus uh, everyone else on the Sunday. So uh, go and have a look and see if you're interested in doing that. You can also support us for free by liking, subscribing, dinging the bell for notifications. Uh, you can rate us five stars and give us a review on iTunes or whatever podcast uh, app or site you use. And of course, you can also uh, share us on Twitter uh, at DC Comics Podcast on the Twitters. Uh, by all means, uh, use that. Let us know what you think of the books on there as well. Uh, always like to hear. Um, so yeah, that is, that is uh, all that. Is there anything mm-hmm. else I usually promote? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I, I do plan on doing some sort of review of the Batman movie uh, a bit more in-depth, uh, probably early to mid-week. So uh, look out for that on the Mailed Fuzz Movies YouTube channel. Uh, put up the bat will signal. You, will you be sticking on the audio feed like usual? I don't know, because it's just me on this one. 
I usually do that when there's a discussion between Oof. like two of us. Who wants to just listen to Pete? It's a good question. <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a point. Um, you should do a review in all in Scottish slang. <laughs> hey, part of the movie was filmed in Glasgow, actually. So yeah. you know, the, the, is that be... is that where I I did not know where they filmed because it didn't look like any other. You well, know, I, mean, I, I think so. the the city skyline was not like that was. No, 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 but I'm whatever, sure, like, but... parts of the city yeah. uh, looked looked like places that I will like, say I hadn't seen Batman. Had, uh, so the cemetery and when they're riding mm-hmm. around in bikes, sort of from mm-hmm. or to the cemetery, that's all Glasgow. I recognise oh, kind wow. of that more or less. Um, oh. And then there's maybe a couple of little bits, but I was—I mean, I think a lot of it was shot in like either Chicago or something. Like it's okay. not, um, but like there was there was some parts shot in Scotland. Yeah. Um, gotcha. But I so. I welcome to the mm-hmm. Batman review where I don't even I can't even do slang. What, what am I gonna say? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to will into existence. Uh, it's a phrase. This Riddler Dafty's a bit of an idiot, so Batman <laughs> uh whack someone <laughs> across the face. I don't know. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I mean that was I was just making that up. I mean uh <laughs> also Batman punching Riddler wouldn't really be that much of a spoiler. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> it's actually really hard trying to, like, on the spot, say everything in slang. Like, I'm like, oh, wait, hold on, I need a slang phrase for everything now. Because I don't naturally yeah. do it. I don't use slang, by and large. Like, I'm sure a little bit slip in now and then, but I'm not someone who uses a lot of slang. Alrighty. Yeah, so... There we go. Uh, that has been episode 295. We're getting dangerously close to episode 300. Uh, I don't know what we're going to do to make that special, but I guess now is the time to suggest things on Twitter, if you like. Uh, <laughs> See how many books we got that week first. <laughs> That's true. It could be a very busy week, which means it may be a short celebration <laughs> on yeah. that episode. Yeah. We will celebrate by reading all the DC books. <laughs> hey, that's dangerous, depending on the week. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yes, I, I didn't on, say that. On week 300, we will read every single DC book, no matter what week it is, no matter what we've been reading before that point. <laughs> Just cut that bit out, Pete. Yeah, we're not going to do that, because I don't want to do that. Uh, that that'll, be the week, that, that'll be the week that somehow it ends up being a Justice League versus Legion. We all have and to like read. Harley Quinn will be out as well. It'll, it'll be like issue three of Justice League versus Legion, we all have to read and like, what's going on? I don't know, but we all read it. <laughs> yeah. What's happening? Uh, so that's a terrible idea. Connor just brings up stupid ideas. It, it was a terrible idea. I'm willing, yeah. I'm willing to admit that one. Uh, yes. So, episode three hundred. Um, everyone, look, we'll all we'll all write a poem about each other and recite a it. Poem d- during the show. You ready for slam poetry? Because that's all I can do. <laughs> uh Connor is a ginger. He's also a big fat winger. Yeah. You done? All right. Let's wrap this up. Is winger a word in the US or is that a slang word? Or is that that's, a uh, that's slang for you guys. Yeah. Well, so to whinge is to complain and cry. That's, that's whinging. That's like wine. Yeah. That's close. So yeah. I couldn't think of anything else that rang with ginger. Yeah. The uh, first time I ever heard whinging was on Game of Thrones. Ah, uh, so, okay. Yeah. Okay. You're a uh, whinging. 
And Gar does whinge, to be fair. It's not, that's not like a, a ridiculous statement. Yeah, I, I whinge appropriately, though. Go, go back and, uh, and remember the, the cross in the <laughs> church with Completely uh, justified. That was definitely whinging. That Damn was... Ganon. <laughs> that, that was, like... That was a classy whinge, is what that was. Yes. Justified. <laughs> uh, but here we are. That is that is episode 285. Thank you very much for joining us. As always, uh, keep reading DC Comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Long live the Legion!